Welcome to the Mostly Pod Out at Night, Mostly. I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host, Salem. Hello. This is episode 34 of our weekly All Things Forward podcast. Do we all still scream for Scream? Legacy characters. Retcon them to make legacy characters. And we enter the franchise of Scream. Uh, so spoilers ahead for Scream 6. For anyone that hasn't watched it, go ahead and make sure you watch it first before listening to the last third of this podcast. Um, so we'll be discussing, you know, Scream 4, 5, and 6, or Scream, or Scream 5, we'll, we'll get into that, you know, funness that occurred with that titling as well. Um, and, you know, rumor mill is that Scream 7 is starting to be written, casted, and yeah, we'll see if this franchise continues after this. Well, hopefully they can get Nev Campbell to come back for the seventh one. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that that'd be she needs to come back. So, all right, and we'll do as we always do, and we're sticking with number of stabs out of ten for this week, as this is the sequel trilogy of the podcast <laughs> for the sequel trilogy so far. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and start off with Scream Four. Now, up until today, at the time of this recording. Scream 4 was the only Scream movie I had seen in theaters. I know we discussed this last week's episode, but Salem, you only saw one and maybe two in theaters. Well, I know I, I, know I saw two. I okay. may have seen one. But so, definitely not Scream 4 or no, 5. No, theaters. definitely not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's get into this thing um you know we probably get the most meta opening of any of these with scream for the concern there's two fake outs and we'll we'll have to figure out the like chronologically confused timeline of the stab movies because scream for does some interesting things with the franchise of the movies in the movie that We'll get into a little bit too, right? So, well, yeah, but I think, yeah, as of this movie, I believe what script stab seven is yes. the newest one, right? Yeah. So, so at the beginning of this, they're at they're so the hold on, the beginning of <laughs> stab seven is stab six. Yes. Is that, yeah, that's what they said. Yep. And we get stab eight and scream 2022, and then right. that's it. Those are those are done. Um, but we we get you know introductions of it because they only say scream stab five involves time travel, <laughs> right? Because um, only they they said in here only the first three are based off of Sydney Prescott's life that she sued to make the rest of them not about her in, in the scream universe. Um. Which well, really yeah. begs also, also, in the Scream universe, they didn't have enough material to keep going with her character. Right. <laughs> yeah, because they stopped having those rights and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess there's only been three things, but still means Stab 3 happened. There was still a Stab 3. Now, was it the original script from Scream 3? Don't really know, do we? Well, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a studio. I mean, if you have uh, that big of a buzz around your movie, like people died for the movie and stuff like that, uh, people will watch it. 
uh, unless there's a legal thing that stops it from coming out, they will make it. Yeah. Like, you I know, that, that movie Rust? I mean, horrible, horrible things happen. Do you honestly think they won't release that movie? Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> of course, I mean, of course they will, because there's huge buzz. They, I mean, I'm not. I know they say that you know, no publicity is bad publicity, but that, I mean, that's pretty bad publicity. But um, again, yeah, of course they're gonna release it. Yeah. So yeah, I doubt it was the same script, but I'm sure they made another stab three, and I'm sure they made reference to those, if not make it about that story. That'd be very meta, too meta. Well, you know, they're going to have to spin the top to realize if they're in a dream or not at this point. <laughs> That's very possible. Um, so, yeah, we get two fake outs where people are watching it. It's the start of Stab 6, and it cuts to, you know, other two. Uh, uh, I never remember her name. Kristen. Kristen Bell and. Kristen uh, Bell and, and Anna, Anna Paquin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and she's like, oh, you can see this coming. And then she gets stabbed. And, oh, so stab seven was stab six, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? But in this canon universe, there are officially seven of them. Uh, we'll get to that later on. Um, but we are back to Woodsboro. It's our first time officially back since Scream 1. Uh, and it's been 15 years since the original Scream movie in universe. So it's, you know, 2011. So it actually lines up. <clears throat> um, essentially, you know, two people, two friends are killed at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and it is Ghostface. They go through the whole spiel, your favorite scary movie, and, you know, my inside the house, all that, all that jazz. Um, and it just happens to be about the same time that Sidney Prescott is back in Woodsboro doing a book tour for Out of the Darkness which is her book covering, you know, the real events that happened, you know, her, her take on it. Um, yeah, I because, think it's just about her surviving. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we kind of find out, you know, she's there and Annie's boobs are, you know, from, uh, I can't remember her name either. The beautiful yeah, Alison Brie is her name. Alison Brie. Yes. She is in, Way out of character that we've ever seen her in this movie. She's her publicist, and like, like how people were shocked to see Courtney Cox that way. Her character, Gail Weathers, from Friends to that, I, I'd say it's a pretty decent jump from her character from you know obviously Community to this, and it's about the same time frame Community was on and running. Uh, I don't know. You ever see Glow? <clears throat> yeah, but that was later. I mean, yeah, it's you later. I'm just saying, that. like. <laughs> oh yeah, she was she was moving on. I mean, yeah, it wasn't shocking. It was it's still her as as yeah. a character. I mean, yeah, play, playing like the kind of uh, you know caring about clout uh, mm -hmm. PR person. But I mean, it's still her. I mean, her still you know her 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 acting her mannerisms. Is, yeah, yeah it's her, the same yeah. the same thing. Um, and we find that you know Dewey is now the sheriff and has finally learned to grow a mustache properly. <laughs> Learned the cop mustache. Yes, but he's now the sheriff. Even though, amazingly, because it's been eleven years since the last one that he went back to Woodsboro, um, and became went back into law enforcement because he wasn't doing that in two and three at that point. 
Um, and he is married to Gail Weathers, and she's also in Woodsboro, and she hasn't written a book since her last one. So there hasn't been a book written of the source material to create more new movies, so they just went off their own wild tangents, and you really didn't have the Sydney character anymore, or any other characters, I would say. True horror movie franchise where they just forget the originals and just move on with the storylines. Um, anyway, you know, there's masks everywhere. They're taking them down because it is anniversary. It is Woodsboro. People are really stoked about this town, which is a little crazy, I would say, to have that people that riled up about it and that excited for it, too. I guess I don't have a movie based in my hometown, so I don't know. Maybe it'd be different. Um, but anyway, you know, she's, you know, reading from her excerpts, she sees Gail, and then she goes to her car, and they, they're like, oh, well, we trace, <clears throat> I think they trace it to her car, and the phone's inside her trunk, there's blood all over inside her trunk, and, you know, she's coming in for questioning, um, then we are introduced to, um, the rest of the, the new cast, let's call it, right, the new group of teenagers, there are Pretty damn close to teenagers, actually, than we were in the first ones. Well, yeah, they're closer than they yeah. were before. Um, so we meet Sydney's cousin, Jill Roberts, whose mom is the the president from Battlestar Galactica, who is a Marine Prescott's sister. Um, yeah, we who find is, out who is more absent about... for most of the movie for some reason. Yes. Except when she needs to be. <laughs> well, yeah, she comes back later on, but I was I remember thinking, I'm like, is she gone? Did I miss something? Did they say she was leaving or something? Where the hell is she? But no, she does come back. Right. Uh, so we meet Jill Roberts. We meet Kirby. We meet Olivia. And they're talking about they're getting phone calls from well, Kirby is, is or, the lovely Hayden Penetaire. I can't forget that. That is true. And Jill Roberts is played by Emma Roberts. You know, big stretch of last name there. Well, they don't, they don't call her by her last name, so. Yeah, acting. Um, and they're talking about that two of them got phone calls from Ghostface, and you know, there's this whole app that people can use and call it, using the app to do the voice modular to make it sound exactly like the voice, which is pretty interesting. Um, you know, and they're talking about her ex boyfriend Trevor, who was cheated on her, who keeps calling her friends to get a hold of Jill. Um, and they all get kind of questions about it because it's their. You know, it's her cousin, and like, oh, you guys got phone calls, you know. And, and Kirby's like, I didn't get a phone call. Is that mean I'm next? And the dude goes, Probably. Wait, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> still being Dewey, even though he has a better stash, he's still Dewey, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, we let's say Gail somehow survived ten years of marriage with Dewey, uh. And it took her that long to kind of get really upset by living in the small town, I would say. And, you know, she's like, all right, I need to get back into this. And But she's like, I'm investigating. She's like, well, you're not. You're not a journalist anymore. Oh, rub that in my face. Um, and, you know, we kind of get some back and forth with the kids. We learned that, you know, a couple of them are really big stab fanatics, you know, kind of like <sighs> Mickey in a way, I would say. They're very Mickey-esque and Randy-esque. 
their banter back and forth. Well, yeah, I mean, they always have to have those characters because that's like a a trope in the Scream movies is that someone always has to explain to know you the rules. the rules, which are always the same rules, which I don't even know why they bother at this point. Oh, they don't follow them. <laughs> well, because the rules are always like, oh, well, this is the, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, sequel, requel, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They say, this is that blank. So that means everything goes out the window. Yep. It never okay. Does. I mean, you've been saying that since the second <laughs> one. Why do you have to keep repeating the same thing? Right. Yeah. Oh, the first rule is, oh, there really are no more rules. Everybody's Even fair Even characters can die. Yeah, it's like, okay, great. Thanks for the info. Really needed that speech. They obviously like characters can die and really do not hold that rule in any way, shape, or form. Um, anyway, well, so in this movie, they do. No, but. no. Next one, yes. Um, and we meet, you know, the deputies, Judy Hicks, who seems to really be infatuated with Dewey. And you find out how weird that is with Scream 5. You really think about the math. Um, you know, she's making him what lemon bars, you know, stuff like that. You can tell Gail is intimidated by her just because she's younger, she's Sydney's age. Um, but she seems to really crush on Dewey, I'd say. Um, and the other cops played by Adam, whatever his name is, from like the OC or whatever, and Anthony Anderson. <clears throat> They're kind of the new Deweys, I'd say, the kind of dumb cops. Well, I mean, to be fair, this is a small town. All the cops are dumb. Yeah. And they all are. I mean, yeah, there's no, like, good cop in this scenario. I mean, Dewey yeah. would be the best of the bunch, but that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> yes. Um. You know, so anyway, Sydney's staying at her cousin's house with, with her aunt. They call it, what, the Grim Reaper? Just because everyone around her always dies. You know, there's cops stationed outside. You know, her friend Olivia happens to live right next door to her. Kirby's staying the night there just to be there with for her. Um, and while this goes on, they get a phone call thinking it's Trevor kind of again. Well, okay. Now, uh, this part annoyed the shit out of me because, like, she gets home and then she goes, oh, maybe I'll come over with you guys. They're like, oh, oh yeah, come on over. She's like, oh, wait, no. I changed my mind. I don't want to do that. I'm going to go home yeah. where no one is like her parents are out of town. She would be yep. in the house completely by herself. Yes. <laughs> Knowing that there's danger around. I, I don't understand the logic behind this, but continues. Yeah. It's very, very, very fair. Um, so anyway, you know, they get a phone call and it's the voice talking to the, he always acts like so nice to talk to you again, Sid. <laughs> Even though it's clearly new ghost face. Yeah, it's funny, yeah, because they always they do that with all of them, to where, like, the mm-hmm. voice has his own memory somehow. Yes. Yeah. And, like, even <laughs> though, the you know, it's a different character in every movie, um, yeah, the voice pretends like they're, like, an omniscient, all-knowing mm-hmm. voice that every every conversation the voice has ever had, it knows about. Yes, he's the watcher. <laughs> right, apparently. <laughs> Um, so, you know, hey, look in the closet. You know, you know you're watching Shaun of the Dead, which they played a great scene from Shaun of the Dead, by the way. <laughs> um, and they go in the closet. Nope, 
hindsight, I was in your closet and then first out and see Olivia just getting brutally murdered, like probably the most savagely murdered that we've seen at this point in time in this franchise. Well, I, I, again, because I think um, th- at this point they're trying to like kind of sort of revitalize Scream yeah. and realizing the mistakes they made in one through three, kind of moving. Well, I, I think we talked about it last episode where, I, you know, they kind of pushed it the horror towards that PG 13 realm. And I think they realized that they were the cause of some of that. So I think they were trying <laughs> to turn it back is what I think they were trying to do with this. movie. Yeah. They were trying to make it like a true horror franchise instead of just like the kind of, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't want to say yeah. mockery cause that's not really fair, but I mean like, yeah, th- when three came out, it was not, it was more of a joke no. than not. Correct. Um, so they see their friend getting killed. Sydney goes over there to confront the new ghost face. Uh, she gets a couple of great hits. Cops finally burst in. They run around the house and can't find ghost face. But Sydney is sliced a little bit. I think Jill is as well. Yeah. Um, so they go to the hospital and they get patched up and, you know, Rebecca, played by Allison Bree, essentially goes, you know what? This is great publicity for your book. We can use these murders. And get, you know, it's, it's like, no, <laughs> that's that's gross. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's I the agree. thing is she's right. <laughs> she yeah. is absolutely right. Like you could catapult your book into like the bestseller list with this stuff. I mean, easily. Yeah. So yes. she's not wrong. She's thinking about the money. I mean, morally wrong sure but she's not wrong when it comes to money i mean she's she's thinking ahead she's doing her job as a pr person i mean it's what gail would have done oh yeah oh yeah yeah. easily but you know sydney doesn't want to be gail but obviously they're on good terms at this point right um so you know she's like you know i don't want to send her a message you can give me a message the message is you And and poor Allison Brie gets killed and then thrown off the roof, hospital roof, onto the cop car after it was like, we got this under control, there's nothing to see here. Smash. Smash. He goes like, "Uh uh-huh, sure you do, Dewey. And that's like literally what they say. (laughs) Like, they look at, like, Gail looks at the body and is like, okay, sure, Dewey. (laughs) Right. That's not the reaction you should get from seeing a dead person. I mean, at this point in time, I well, guess they're I jaded. guess, yeah. yeah I, I, to be fair, yeah, between Dewey and Gale, I'm pretty sure they're used to it by now. But, I mean, that was, I feel like a very low blow. Yeah. To her fair. husband. <laughs> well, Undermining I, the sheriff like that in public. Well, yeah, but they're like also, I believe they're married in real life at this point. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think, because if they were just going to act like a normal married couple... Married couples portraying married couples in movies are notoriously bad. <laughs> yeah. So I think they had to inject a little bit of animosity between them to make it mm-hmm. tolerable. I think that's why they did that. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so anyway, you know, they, they go, there's this what, AV club at the high school that Cinema, Charlie and Cinema Robbie club. are in charge of Cinema Club, which yeah. is a one step above Glee Club, I think they said, but below, <laughs> or, like, women's hockey or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and like, oh, man, if we can get Sydney there, that will give us some street cred. And there's, yeah, so like, it's, <laughs> uh, well, Charlie, played by Rory Culkin, 
Yes. Um, and then his buddy, who I don't remember his name, but he's basically Robbie. like, yeah, but he's basically like the guy who's he's wearing like a headset with a webcam attached to it, and he's and he's streaming his like entire life. So he's the influence before influencers, right? Yeah. This because yeah, this is before the the takeoff of people filming mm-hmm. their whole life all the time. This is like he's like a trendsetter. Yeah, and and Gail's there, and they go. Here's the rules of a remake. Right. <laughs> the only Rule way to one, survive. There are no more rules. rules. Rule <laughs> right. two, everything's bigger and badder and crazier. Great, thanks. Same two fucking rules from the last three movies. Appreciate it. And you have to pay homage to the original. And the only sure, being a virgin doesn't matter anymore. The only surefire way is to be gay. This is exact quote from the movie. Right. From Robbie's character. Um, and Gail's like, Hey, is that thing on? Yeah. Hey, how'd you like to help me out and investigate stuff? Cool. <laughs> right? Uh, well, they like, say, yeah, that'd be great. Like, what are you going to give us in return? And she's like, oh, well. <laughs> oh, wait, no, th- that already happened. That's why she was there. Yeah. Because I believe, yeah, because I believe Sydney was there too, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, we had to have the whole class of it. And they're like, well, this all ends with a big house party. There's no house parties going on except Stabathon, <laughs> where they show all seven movies in a barn, and they still are allowed to have this movie marathon, which is pretty incredible. Well, to be fair, it's a secret underground thing. Gail has to follow them there because they won't even tell her where it is. That's it's true. Like, it's like a no adults allowed thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like at, so, at an abandoned farm on the edge of town. Yeah. Yeah, so Gail kind of, I would say, in the, probably the cringiest thing I've ever seen, where she tries like put the mask on, does a little dance, and tries to be one of the teenagers. Um, she starts playing web her own webcams throughout the barn, and she puts goes into her car. So this is a good homage to her putting the camera in Scream One, which is following the rules of the remake at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh so. She sneaks in there, puts the mask on, does the cameras, and realizes they're all starting to get turned. Um, she calls Dewey to say where she's at. It's at this old farm, like on Route 6, where this is. But the killer's here. I can see him on the cameras. And then she goes in there and realizes that there's another camera there. And she's trying to set hers up. And she gets stabbed, what, in the gut and in the shoulder? Yeah, well, she, yeah, she, gets, the stabbed shoulder. In the, yeah, she gets stabbed in the shoulder. For sure. Yeah. And I think, yeah, they were, like, fighting back and forth. I think she might have got a couple of their nicks, but that was the main stab, was the first stab in the shoulder. Yeah. Right. But as as normal for this franchise, the stabs have no real bearing on whether they're, like, they hurt you or not. It's purely plot device, whether these are bad stabs or okay stabs. Well, as we get into it, there's, there's essentially, you know, the, the anti-shark spray from Batman. They're, these people take anti-stab sprays or pills because stabs do nothing to people anymore. Well, I'm just, I mean, I, I, okay, to be fair, that is kind of how it is in real life. Because you can literally, there's people that have been stabbed like 30, 40 times and have been okay. And then there's people who have gotten not, stabbed once and died. It depends on where you get stabbed and how bad it is. But not if you get stabbed a couple times, you don't have that kind of strength to keep fighting that they show in these movies. Oh, oh I know, 
I know. I know. I'm, I'm, oh, no, I'm not saying this is a realistic depiction <laughs> at all. I'm not saying that at all. Um, I'm just saying that it is, to be fair, stabbing is a very unreliable way of killing someone. So it's to be expected, I guess, to a degree. But in this in this franchise, I mean, like, again, it's purely plot device, whether the stab actually hurts you long term or not. Because some people get really yes. bad stabs and like the next scene, they're fine. Poor Putty got stabbed once. Yeah, exactly. And then he's <laughs> he's down. He's out. He, he's and a bodyguard. Dewey gets stabbed like thirty times. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he's fine. And like he got, well, he got stabbed once, and he lost the the use of like the whole side of his body, and he got stabbed again, and then he got his arm back. Yes. <laughs> and then he just had a slight limp. So I mean, sometimes the stabs are healing over time. And his and his limp's gone. Right. And this. Anyway, you know, it Sydney's does come out. back though in the next one. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Sydney, you know, is at her house. Doesn't know what Jill's at. It seems like she thinks she's there. And finally, her aunt comes home with groceries, scares her because the wind chimes, and they get both attacked. Um, and well, then her aunt gets stabbed in the back neck through the mail slot. Uh, and you know the the. Adam and Anthony are sitting outside cops talking about like oh talking about the rules of cops in horror movies and other movies like cops always die first unless they're heroes or if it's the you know one day or a month left to retirement and they get stabbed you know pretty well and Anthony Adams last words were fuck Bruce Willis <laughs> yeah after getting stabbed in the face <laughs> you know I think that'd be or, no, he gets stabbed like right in the middle of the forehead. Yes, and still gets out and was able to walk around a little bit, and still say "fuck Bruce Willis." Yes, because <laughs> the the joke was that unless you're Bruce Willis and you're a cop, you die. Correct. Um. So they're all dead, and then we kind of have the after party of the stuff. So the remaining people and Trevor show up, um, at Kirby's house. And, you know, um, oh, let's see here. And Robbie is getting kind of drunk. Um, Kirby is starting to show her street cred with horror movies to Charlie, who clearly, they clearly like each other. Um, but Robbie gets killed, but even though he shouts out, I'm gay, and still gets killed. So his old rule doesn't work. Um, well, I mean, the rule only works if it's true. <laughs> right. Um, Sydney kind of shows up to to get her cousin out of there. They're both kind of chased. Uh, Dewey kinda gets called as well. Um, and we see and she tries to find Jill. And then uh, I think Kirby, there, there's a bunch of fake outs of who's you know, the killer because they're running out of people left alive. Well, okay, yeah, Trevor shows face. up out of nowhere. And then Trevor goes, oh, he's, I'm going to go find Jill. But then he disappears. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, that, yeah, there's all kinds of fake outs all over the place. So, like, everybody it, involved in this situation at one point is getting finger pointed to kind Kirby, of suggest that they're the killer. Kirby, who only wears black and white, was kind of alluded to to be Ghostface because that's the colors of Ghostface costume. Well, yeah, but not only that, but, yeah, they're, um, in, but she they're, can, yeah, they're in her house. And her – this is yeah. the weird thing is because, uh, like, this is the main – like living room and all the movies above the TV are her movies. So it's like, I and mean, they never show her parents or even mention them. So it's like, maybe she doesn't even have parents. 
Maybe. Um, it's possible. But anyway, they're like going over her movie shelf and they're calling out like old classic horror movies. Like a mm-hmm. lot of them, like Argento movies and stuff like that. Um, so it's like, oh, they're saying like, oh, she's like a true horror, like connoisseur. So, yeah. So they're talking like, oh, yeah. it's pr- it might be her. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, they're pointing to everybody at this point. Right. So we kind of have those, you know, fake outs of people jumping out of corners. Where were you? Where were you? All that, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, I think Charlie gets knocked out and he and Kirby finds him all tied up and gagged just like Steve was outside the deck in the very first one, showing this is kind of a of a remake. Yeah. Um she unties him. Well she gets the phone he, call he, asking the trivia questions. Um yeah. and she actually is good at horror movies, so she answers all the questions correctly. Yeah, yeah she does. She is a horror hound for sure. Connoisseur. She connoisseur. prefers the term connoisseur. Yes. But she enjoys all all things horror. Not just, as we get into number five, the the elevated horror that those characters seem to only like. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they're talking Which about. Which we also enjoy. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Some of the movies that she talks about were good. I'm like, I don't know what you mean by elevated. I think no. you just mean modern <laughs> yes. you know that's not that doesn't follow the traditional slasher formula i think that's what she means by elevated but i think so too but that always confused me too but again <laughs> I, I i am with her well i guess we'll talk about it more yeah later. but i'm i'm with her because again i fell out of the horror genre because i could not stand the formulaic horse shit that was around all the time and it follows mm-hmm. one of the movies that she mentions is like one of the movies that brought me back in right so I guess I can understand what she's saying. <laughs> but anyway, that's the next movie. Continue. Yes. Uh, but Charlie gets his, we all go a little crazy sometimes moment. And, <laughs> right. right. And stabs Kirby, leaving her to bleed out and die. Just one stab. I don't know, you know, why the rule of one would only work for her. Well, again, yeah, it's a plot device. This is a bad stab. <laughs> but like Gail got stabbed <laughs> earlier and she was fine. It, it, the, again, it's it's just it's a purely plot device whether the stabs actually hurt you or not. Yeah. Um, but it is heavily insinuated that she died. They do not technically show her dead body or say that she's dead at this point. No. But she does not reappear and it's just assumed that she's dead. Correct. Um. You know, and then there's a fight, and then we find out that the second ghost faced is somehow this five three little girl. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand because they're both <laughs> short, and like Ghostface was tall. Yes, so I don't understand how that worked, but okay. High heels. I I don't. Apparently, <laughs> they're wearing like platform shoes yeah, that give them, like, an like extra that. six inches of height, and much stronger too. Oh, of um, course, yeah. They have an exoskeleton. So, exoskeleton. Yeah, one of those like you know. Yeah, Industrial so, suits. um, so it's revealed to be Jill, and she's talking, and she goes into her whole spiel. She's like, "I want to be just like you, Sydney." You know that she's doing it out of jealousy. I want to be the sole survivor, and you know this time you won't be survivor. I'm gonna be the victim, and she goes through her whole whole thing. And you killed your own mother. Well, your mother died too. Blah blah blah. Um, and we see the most damage Sydney has ever taken. Yeah, it's that's like pretty she, it's significant. She doesn't. That's like she took a lot of damage to begin with, ever. Um, you know, I mean, physical damage at least. Um, so she goes through this and she starts. Um, and she's like, "Oh, well, Trevor's going to be 
the frame and she kills and betrays or not yeah. It's gonna be Trevor's gonna be Ghostface and his partner is going to be Charlie. It's just remaking that she wants to remake, you know, Sydney's life from Scream One to be in the limelight, to be the the hero the hero victim. Um and she does a lot of damage to Sydney and then she start mutilating herself to make it look like she's you know, been attacked as well by Trevor and Charlie that she fought them off and survived. Um, and then she kind of lays the same way that Sydney's their lane. Um, stuff like that. So, you know, Sydney and Jill are taken to the hospital. Uh, you know, and then, you know, Jill finds out that Sydney actually survived. So she starts to go on a little rampage. Um, but Dewey and Gail and, Sheriff Judy Hicks. Well, she's talking not about sheriff yet, or Deputy Judy Hicks. There you go. Um, talking about this, and you know, it's like, oh, Jill wanted me to let me know that she's like, you're gonna have you know a scar in the sick because you were stabbed in the same spot she was. And Gail goes, "We never told anyone that." <laughs> dun dun dun. Right. And then it's like, oh, Jill's a killer, and they find her out. Um, I think Jill shoots. Sheriff, not sorry, Deputy Hicks, and then starts to kind of finish off Sydney, but then she uses a defibrillator and essentially shocks her and then shoots her in the chest and, and dies. Um, you know, Deputy Hicks survives because wear a vest, save your chest. That's right. Um, and then we, you know, you hear reporters outside that. You know, it's calling that Jill kind of the sole surviving hero of this new remake. End of movie. Correct. <clears throat> um, so we'll go into first thoughts. You know, I thought this was definitely a return to form for Scream, especially after Scream Three. Uh when I saw this there, I was like, man, this is this is what Scream should have been continuing going forward. Um Chronology confused about the stab movies. You know, that there are seven of them, except number five includes time travel. And only the first three are about Sydney. Um, but overall, I thought this was, you know, they started the idea of, because what, this time frame, we got all the remakes of Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, and this is them going, hey, you know, this is a popular thing to do. We're doing a remake of our own, but still going to be like a legacy character remake. Right. Um, I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, I think it paid homage to the original. I thought it was just all around good screen movie. Um, but what are you? I know this is your first time seeing it, but what, are you, mm-hmm. what were your first thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean it was it was a good movie. I mean it's definitely better than three. Um, I'd put it it's right about the same as Scream Two, maybe a a wee bit higher than Scream okay. Two. Um. I mean, again, it's 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 decent. I mean, again, you expect the fourth one in the franchise, especially after waiting a decade, to just be a kind of lazy cash in. Um, mm-hmm. And at least it doesn't do that. It it does, you know, give you enough of with this movie to make you feel like, okay, this was interesting enough. Like, I'm not upset. Yeah. I watched this. You know, like this is yeah, it's fun enough. Like <laughs> at the end, oh, did I expect Jill to be the killer? No. Not at all. I did not. I did not see that coming. Again, they they push heavy on Trevor being the guy. I knew that it wasn't him because they were pushing on him too hard. Um, right. But yeah, I didn't. 
I didn't call it. I, I was kind of sort of thinking it was Charlie and the the webcam guy. Um, oh, absolutely. But I, I guess I was kind of half right, but <laughs> that that doesn't count. Well, let's let's face it. Rory Culkin is creepy as hell in this movie. Well, he's creepy in general, but yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like he he seemed too obvious of the answer, but I mean he was it, right? You know. But yeah, Jill. All of a sudden, that the man strength that she had for some of these. It didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's, uh, again, the, what, what Ghostface was around, very tall, very large, very, like, intimidating physically. And, like, yeah. both of them were not that. No. <laughs> you know, you're talking, like, Jill and, uh, and, uh, what was Charlie. That? Charlie. Jill and Charlie are about the same size. I mean, they're, like, you know, like, maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. Right. Oh, if I that. mean, they're like tiny, <laughs> tiny little things. There's no way that they're going to be throwing people like up against walls and like, you know what I mean? Like the, the way that they were doing it, there's no way mm-hmm. that, that would happen unless they were like, you know, jacked up on PCP or something. But like, yeah, I don't see that. I don't see it happening. So that part, it was kind of hard to gauge that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're trying to say like, okay, well, that's the other thing. Like, I, you know, you try... I've always tried doing this in movies like, OK, like who is the person that's in that suit? Who's the person behind the mask? You look at like the builds, mm-hmm. you know, like how big they are, how tall they are. And you can't do that because they purposely put a different person in the suit to make sure that you can't figure it out. Correct. Which is unfair, I think. <laughs> um, but I, I, I get they They, they want to keep their whodunit secret. Till mm-hmm. the end. And it's again, it's it's not really something you can guess. But yeah. I guess that's the whole thing with Scream is you really. You're not supposed to guess who it is. They're usually like out of left field and somebody that you don't suspect at all. Correct. There's or at least there's one not, of them. There's not too many hints. Too many hints. I mean, it's fun to go back and see who's and figure out who's done what of the killings and who was where. Right. Right. You know, because you know when, when you know the stream one where Sydney was attacked, there's actually two ghost faces there. Both of them were there. That's how they're able to hit both doors. Pretty much simultaneous. Um, but highlights for me, I mean, I think this was for it being trying to be a remake. And considering the crap that we got this time frame of actual remakes or continuations of the franchises, this is hands down far better. You know, we had Kevin Williamson come back to write it. So we had the original writer, we had the original director, and because he didn't do Scream 3. It really, really shows. Yeah, shock. I know. I mean, Wes directed it, but Kevin Williamson did not write it. And this is like, this is like, as we discussed, like the return to form that, you know, it, when someone starts a franchise, when they come back, you can tell the difference. And I think that really, sh- and that's, you can really tell the difference with this. Um, and that's fair. I mean, I'll say, I mean, my high point in this was just, um, they're, they're, they're trying to go back to those horror roots where they show like, blood and guts mm-hmm. and like like things happening like Olivia murdered in that room that room was covered in blood yes. there was blood everywhere they it showed her body like intestines are hanging yeah. out and stuff which had never any of the yep. previous screen movies it had always just been a stab maybe blood maybe a pool of blood yep. but never like gruesome and th- this was like gruesome and like they were I think they were purposely doing that to kind of distance itself from like 
the kind of PG-13 crap that evolved out of the original <laughs> Scream movie. <laughs> I, I think they did that on purpose, and I, I do like that they did that. I think that was, was a high point. And did they mention, was it this one or the next one, they mentioned the torture porn? That, that's not good horror movies. That was, I think that's the next one. Okay. I think that was the same conversation as the elevated horror. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, this, yeah, this is like, okay, we had the remakes of slashers. Here's what a slasher is supposed to be. And right. they definitely did that. Yeah. No, I, and they did. And that's, that's fair. Um, I'll just, I'll just roll right into my low points here. Um, for some reason, there is a problem with whoever like made the stabbing like <laughs> uh, the way okay because <laughs> when you stab someone in this movie for whatever reason they only stab like the first like inch or two of the blade in mm-hmm. and they don't push the knife all the way in and they do that within a lot of different scenes and there's like all this blood like pouring out of this like wound that they like barely stick in there it's very <laughs> odd i don't know who did the special effects for this i don't know obviously they did some great things right because that's my high point they did some fantastic yeah. stuff but then there's other scenes where you're like what's going on like the scene with Kristen bell and anna paquin when she stabs her in the mm-hmm. stomach it's barely there it's like an inch into her stomach but there's blood she barely, everywhere she barely touched her belly right <laughs> but it's but that's not the only time that happens in the movie there's several other scenes where that same thing happens though where the knife barely enters their body where there's blood everywhere mm-hmm. and they're acting like this is a you know mortal wound when it like the knife barely you know broke the skin and i don't i don't i don't understand that <laughs> i don't get it i was like why what is yeah. going on but again this movie is really what i started noticing that like you know whether you are hurt or not from the stab is a purely plot device it makes no difference how brutally you're attacked or anything that doesn't matter <laughs> It's whether purely plot device, whether they want you to survive or not. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's. Hmm, yeah. That's a good low point. Um, also, know, me, also a lot of people. They, the, they, sorry, they, they talk about all these legacy characters and how all the legacy characters are probably going to be gone out and none of them go out. Not a single one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. The core four. Survive. Of three, yeah, I was gonna say that's a core three from the original. It was core four originally. <laughs> it was. And we'll think about how many are left at the series. Well, it was so core like four that. until two. I mean, they didn't last very long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, low points. I mean, I still think this was a, a, a you know, a lot of people say a horror movie is a product of its time frame, and you know it. Yes, it looked it looked very different than the '90s shot screams that we're used to, but it, something felt off about the cinematography of this movie. I don't know what it is, but it just seemed very off. I don't know; it was just the error that this was in, but it seemed to be grittier, right? I think I think it's just the era because this is the era of a lot of found footage movies. Yeah, and I think in order for like normal studio movies to like keep their edge around those movies, they, yeah, they, like you said, they keep it a slightly rougher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it gives it like that, that slightly more, you know, realistic feeling edge. And like I said, it's not found footage in no way. Would you ever look at this and see found footage? But I think it no. gives that kind of that feeling, right. <laughs> that uneasy yeah. rough feeling. And I think that's just what they're going for. A lot of movies around this time period did that same thing. Oh, Absolutely. 
absolutely because we we got we're just getting out of the torture porn phase right at this point all right so i'll go first for a number of stabs out of 10 um i have to look up why i gave the other ones i know it's like this is it's a bad uh, one two three two. nine eight five for you for one two three <laughs> yes uh i still i really like scream too um I really like this one too. So this is this is probably going to stay an eight for me. I like it just as much as Scream Two. So eight stabs out of ten. How about you? Um, I I mean I like this one. I definitely do. I I don't. Uh, it's definitely better than three. Um, in my mind, I think it's just a tad better than two. Um, so I will give it a five point five. Five point five stabs out of ten. Five point five. So you still need a beer to watch it. Again? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. This one again. There's <laughs> to watch it again. It's like, eh, I don't know. But you're not mad you watched it. No, not at all. No, it, it was it was a good it was a good watch. It was fun. Okay. I said I like the beginning. I know you thought I was like you're gonna hate the beginning. I don't hate the beginning. The beginning was fun. I like Anna Paquin. I like Kristen Bell. It was fun. Well, I'm just saying you how how much you hated the meta. In two or okay, three, I like, hate okay. I hated the meta in three <laughs> because they tried to do all this like insider Hollywood garbage, which no one knows. I mean, yes, everybody making the movie knows it because they're in the movie industry, but everybody else doesn't understand your stupid insider movie humor, <laughs> and like fifty percent of the movie hinged on that shit. And I think yeah. it was it was a, it was just a big fail to 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 do that, and a lot of. You know, movies do that. A lot of franchises do that where they do like their Hollywood one where it's like, I just feel like it's lazy, right? Because it's easy for them because they all know it. And it's like, it's boring for us because we don't. Oh, every TV, every sci-fi show does it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They always find a way. Yep. All right. Well, then, Mr. Salem, why don't you bring us into Scream 2022 or Scream 5? Well, what should yeah, be we all call it Scream 5, right but it's technically just Scream. <laughs> Um, but yes, which is we'll a say, parody of the of the remakes or the sequels that come out that have the same exact title, like Halloween. So we have to put in the year so we know which one it's right. Is yeah, like I hate that. Like I, again, I was like looking for this movie and I'm like <laughs> typing in Scream Five, and no results. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's because again, it's just Scream. It's stupid. And again. Even even like they know it because you type in scream and then there's like the first scream movie poster and then the second scream and it says there's a little thing that's on top that says all new movie. So like obviously people are confused about this, so why would you do that? I think this is their meta commentary on doing it. I they had to have done it. I guess. I don't know. It's just stupid. I think they <laughs> were just trying to like reboot the whole thing. Yeah. That's um fair. Uh, not and not in character wise, not with people that know the franchise, but I think just for outside folks, um, to just to kind of reboot it to make it seem like it's new. I think they're, they're, that was just their distancing themselves from the whole Weinstein thing. I believe. Yeah, I think that's just their way of doing it, which they gave up in the next one anyway. So whatever. Yep. All right. So why don't you do our recap for us then? Okay. So, uh, starts off with um. Essentially, uh, Jenna Ortega is taking the Drew Barrymore role of the girl alone mm-hmm. in the house. Uh, we're going to watch some scary movies, uh, but this time, you know, she's uh, 
more knowledgeable than Drew Barrymore was. Drew Barrymore knew some in that movie, right? Um, but, you know, Jenna Ortega knows a lot. Um, now, I guess I'm confused. I guess I'm getting old because I don't understand how young people are supposed to be in movies anymore. Um, <laughs> and Jenna Ortega seems very young in this movie. I mean, she mm-hmm. looks very young. She's tiny. So she looks like a, a child to me. Like to me in this movie, I assumed she was like 13 or 14. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe you stretch it to like 16 possibly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It it just seemed off to me. She seemed very, very young. But I think that's just because she she appears very young and she's also very little, which gives yes. you that kind of childlike thing, uh, which is a little more noticeable in the next movie. This movie they did okay with keeping her like looking normal height. Um, in the mm-hmm. next movie, she looks like everyone's like towering over her, by, like at least a <laughs> foot, like everyone. Yes. Um. So it's a little more obvious in the next one. This one is they did a fairly decent job. Um. And that's because. Uh, in this scene, uh, she gets attacked and stabbed uh, badly, <laughs> uh, but she does survive. Uh, and that's why, you know, for the what, the next most of the movie, she's laying in a hospital bed. So you don't get to see how short she really is <laughs> because she's in a hospital bed. But um, yeah, there's the whole Strahd, Halloween too. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's the whole phone tag thing where he's asking her what her favorite horror movie is. And then we'll, like we were talking about the last one, she was talking about how she likes elevated horror movies and her favorite movie is the Babadook, um, which I've never seen. Have you ever seen Babadook? Yeah. Is it elevated? Is it good? I don't know. I've never seen. Not really. <laughs> anyway, she, she mentioned the other it follows. She off it, it, fo- yeah, the other movies she listed, I, I saw all those. Like it follows was a fantastic movie. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, Baba Duke never saw it, but she was saying this is her favorite movie. It's an elevated horror movie, as she says, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, poo pooing the whole classic slasher genre, um, you know, kind of saying that she doesn't like the whole torture porn genre. I, I get all that. That's fine. Uh, but anyway, she seems like she knows what she's talking about. You know, she's kind of like a kind of sewer almost. Well, yeah, she the movies she mentions ask me anything about it follows the witch hereditary. All great movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, again, I've seen all those. They're all great. I agree. That's why it's just weird that like the Baba Duke is the one she focuses on. I'm like, I never saw it. I don't know. Um, so anyways, yeah, so back and forth, um, you know, asking her trivia questions, which she gets right. Um, and then the only one she gets kind of wrong, which is, is a technicality, as he asks her who the bad guys were in the first stab movie. And she says Billy right. Loomis, but the correct answer is Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker. Is his name? His first name is Stu, and his last name is Mocker. Yep. Okay, that's bizarre. Like I, I thought his, I thought his last name was Stu Mocker, and everybody just called him Stu. But whatever, I don't know. Well, it's funny because all all the questions that he's asking are about the first stab movie, right? Which she clearly says she only saw like once a long time ago, but she still answers all the questions correctly. So like she must have a great memory. Yes. Uh, but again, he, he gets around a technicality, and again, you know, attacks happen. She gets stabbed in the back, um, but she survives. Um, and basically, the next scene is her uh, sister, who's like her estranged sister, um, because her mom is like in London at some conference or something. That's why she was home alone. And her estranged sister that left home um, like five years ago. I think they said five years ago, right? Yes. Um, five years ago. Yep. Um, 
Okay, all right, hold on, hold on. I know they said how old, how old did they say Jenna Ortega, or Tara, or sorry, her, her character name is Tara. How old did they say Tara was when she left? 11 or 12. Okay, maybe that, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I missed that. I guess I just was going on purely what she appeared <laughs> to be. I think that's why I was like 14. I like, I was like, yep, that's what she looks like. Because there's a seven year age difference between her and her sister, I believe. Okay, and, and, and to be fair. She was 18. Yeah. Okay. And so that see that tracks that tracks right. So then, the, sorry. Yeah. A little bit of a spoiler for the next one. She's <laughs> in college, so I guess yeah, she would be like eighteen now and then nineteen in the next one, right? Something like that. Yeah. Or seven. Like, so I was seventeen in high school. So. Well, I was supposed to graduate when I was seventeen, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. So I guess if I would have paid more attention to the numbers, I would have known that she was seventeen anyway. In this movie, it doesn't matter. It only matters for the next movie, which I will get into get into that um so uh yeah so her estranged sister that had left five years ago and and it does not contact the family um her kind of friend group tara's friend group um was all the people that her sister sam used to watch like babysit for so they all still kind of have connections to her so the one guy wes who's in that friend group he calls her to let her know that tara was attacked um, she She's obviously panics. Stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. She panics and goes, okay, I have to come back. Um, her boyfriend, Richie, that works with her at a bowling alley. I think it was a bowling alley. Um, yeah. You know, she, she says, I have to go back. And Richie says, well, of course I'm coming with you. Um, so they go back to uh, Woodsboro. This is happening in Woodsboro again. <laughs> um, so they go back, you know, he's, you know, she's all Tara and Sam have kind of like a reuniting kind of thing is they haven't talked in a long time. Tara's like kind of shocked that she came, Um, you know, they have a kind of a a bonding uh, moment. Um, But yeah, we're we're kind of introduced to their friend group and their friend group is uh, the twins, uh, Mindy and Chad. Yep. Um, And then there's Chad's girlfriend, Liv. Um, And then. uh, Amber. Amber, her friend. Amber is like her best friend, who was going to get killed if she didn't answer correctly. In the opening right? Scene. Yeah, that was the thing that she was trying to answer questions for was for Amber not to get killed because Amber yes. was supposed to come over and watch movies with her. Yeah, and then um, Wes. and and West, yeah, the guy who originally called her. Um, at this point, we don't. They don't explain any of the relationships. At this point, we don't get to that till later. Um, but they just kind of introduce these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of like, uh, they all go out to like a, a bar, I guess, but they're like high school kids. So maybe it was just like a pool, hangout a pool, hall. pool hall. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I went to pool halls when I was in high school, but they don't really have those anymore, but no. <laughs> maybe they still do at Woodsboro again. And rich people um, towns. Maybe they still do. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. <laughs> it's possible. So they're all like hanging out and playing pool. Um, there's this guy who uh, is like Liv, right? Yeah, Chad, Chad's girlfriend Liv had this like ex-boyfriend who was like an older dude, like a creepy dude, who's like kind of like following her yeah. around. Um, and again, he like comes in the bar and like, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of what like basically like date rapey hits on her. I mean, it's like bizarrely weird. Um, so like him and Chad get kind of a little spat and and they kick him out. Um, and then we we are uh, kind of <laughs> shown a scene where he's like all drunk and pissing on the building outside, um, and then Ghostface comes in and kills him. 
Um, and then it, like later on, before, what's that? What song do we finally get again? Oh yeah, we finally get Red Right Hand at this yes. point. It's playing in his cool hot rod car that he had. Well, sorry, muscle car that he has. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, yeah. So the only movie, well, sorry, one, two, three, all had that song in it. Yep. Um, four did not. Which is nope. bizarre because it's the original writer, the original director. They should bring <laughs> back the original song. Yeah. They did not, but it is back in this one. Um, so yeah, that stalker murder happens, um, and then everybody kind of uh, gathers together, and they're trying to figure out, like, okay, like Ghostface. It seems like he has a purpose. Like, why would he kill this guy? And that's when the, everybody kind of starts talking about who they are, right? And we find out that uh, the twins, Mindy and Chad are uh nephew and niece of randy from the original one so like his sister that showed up very briefly in uh scream three actually shows up as their mom in this one she does like a very quick like handing out what brownies or something you know just to kind of show that it's her um an orange drink yeah 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 (laughs) so so that's their relationship we find out that wes is the child of uh once deputy judy now sheriff judy yep um and of and of course um well okay well we don't find that out till a little bit later right or no this is the point where she tells tara right yeah yeah so yeah so they all like have their their revelation or whatever and then um, Sam and Tara kind of have this thing where everybody leaves the room and, and, and Sam basically tells Tara why she left. And she says that she was reading some old diaries in the attic and she found out that, uh, dear old mom, uh, did not have her with, um, her dad or with Tara's dad, like the, the guy that she was dating in high school, she actually cheated on him and her real dad is dun, 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 Billy Loomis. Yes, so retconning she's... the movie to have legacy <laughs> characters. Well, not it's not necessarily retconning it. I mean, because it was like a hidden thing that she didn't find out until later. It's very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's very convenient <laughs> and and a, a very convenient plot device, but it doesn't it doesn't break anything from the old movies. At least is it, is it kind of like hammy where you roll your eyes when you hear it a little bit? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's very fair. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's very convenient, but doesn't technically break anything anyway. So her real dad is Billy Loomis and she left because she was afraid that Billy Loomis's legacy would somehow make her a killer and she would hurt her sister, which that was the last thing she ever wanted to do. So she left. And that's why uh, Tara gets very upset and kind of tells her, to go away. Uh, you know, I mean, again, there's a whole lot of things happening in her life. I get that. That's fine. Yep. Um, so at this point, they're like, okay, well, there's more going on here. We need to kind of uh, recruit help. So they go find Dewey, who is at this point living in a trailer, uh, not doing well, uh, apparently divorced no. or at least <laughs> separated from Gail. Um, because like we are introduced to him, like he wakes up in the morning and then like turns on, you know, good morning, whatever it was starring Gail Weathers doing a morning show by herself, which I've never seen a morning show, (laughs) only one person never in my life. Um, but yeah, so she's doing a morning show and he like gets up and watches her every day. So obviously something happened 
um, to where she's in Hollywood or, or, you know, she's in wherever being a, a news star and he's living in a trailer. Um, and obviously not the sheriff anymore. They asked him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they, yeah, we find out later that they asked him to retire. Um, so, um, so yeah, Sam and Richie, um, go to Dewey's place to kind of recruit him to help. Um, and you know, he kind of, he gives them like a couple minutes. Um, and he basically gives them the rundown of the rules saying like, yeah, don't trust anybody. Like, who's this guy? And she's like, Oh, this is my boyfriend. How long have you known him? Six months. He's like, yeah, he's a suspect. Yep. <laughs> like, Don't trust anyone. And he's like, Oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, so again, essentially that's all he says is like, don't trust anybody. You know, that, you know, again, the rules are, everybody's going to die. <laughs> you know, the rules are, there are no rules and everything's going to get worse. So just don't do anything. Um, and then they decide to, um, you know, they leave. Uh, and then like immediately after Dewey just decides to join them anyway. <laughs> um, but the next thing, the next major thing that happens is uh Ghostface goes after uh Sheriff Judy. Yep. So Wes is Sheriff Judy's son. Um so she's like, you know, at home in like her plain clothes, you know, she's going to go get some sushi for dinner and she tells Wes to take a shower and and, a, and an interesting twist the guy is the one taking the shower <laughs> and gets like the <laughs> the shower scene. I mean the scream doesn't show nudity but you know as close no. as they get it's the guy this time which was interesting. Yep. Uh so, so Sheriff, Sheriff Judy is going to go pick up sushi and then um the voice calls her in the in the truck in her police truck that she's using to go pick up sushi. Um you know, basically telling her that, um, you know, he's going to kill the son. So she like, you know, squeals, puts on the sirens, goes back to the house, um, goes back to the house, basically immediately gets killed. <laughs> um, yeah. and then she gets killed and then Wes is also killed. Um, yep. both like, uh, pretty brutally. I mean, like there's a lot of like, they show the knife going in and like doing damage and cutting and blood. And, and yeah, there's he's like, it went like through the side of his neck. So you yeah. can see like skin over the blade. Right. Yeah. And then it like came out the <laughs> back of his neck. I mean, it was like, it was yeah. pretty, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they're all there. And so all, of course all the police um go there because their sheriff was attacked. Right. Um. Yep. So they're all there. Dewey shows up like, yeah, I've decided to help you guys. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do this with you. Um, so they're all sitting there and then they're like, oh, uh, Sam was like, oh, wait a minute. She sees the cop that was guarding her sister in the hospital. And she's like, well, if you're here, who's watching her in the hospital? And he just kind of goes, duh, 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 duh. he doesn't say anything. And she just like <laughs> freaks out going, oh, we got to get to the hospital. Right. So she, her and Richie and Dewey all get in a car and head to the hospital um, and they get to oh, the but, hospital. Now, but you've got is, to mention who's back in town. After oh, well, hearing this news. Yeah. well, Gail shows up like right at the end of this uh, sheriff murder thing. Yes. And she tries to get in on the investigation and Dewey just kind of pushes her away and they get their little kind of reunion thing where we find out that um, she moved to New York to, to take on this new challenge and Dewey went with her and he could only handle it for a couple of months before he kind of like just ran out in the middle of the night Yep, um, and went back to Woodsboro. So. 
And then apparently started a downward spiral where they forced him to retire. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's living in the trailer. So anyway, so they're kind of like a overly saccharine, I would say, like reunion of theirs. Uh, I felt like it went a little overboard, but I mean, we'll find out why in a, in a minute here. <laughs> well, we get Dewey's theme song, though. Well, we do get Dewey's theme song. It does come <laughs> back. That is correct. Um, so now this is the interesting part. Um, I'm just going to say this now because i thought it was very funny it is broad daylight when yep. sheriff judy is killed i mean we're talking like noon on her on her de- front porch right yeah on her front porch it is broad daylight <laughs> it is noon no one like shows up <laughs> to find her dead body <laughs> for minutes okay which is one thing two uh while they're driving from sheriff judy's house to the hospital that's in the same town the sun goes down I mean, they took the same route that they do in in Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it was like, immediately it started getting dark. I'm like, it was just noon. Why is it dark? Like, what happened? And it's like summertime. (laughs) So it like went from like noon to like 9 p.m. And like one 15-minute car ride. Um, Anyway, it, it doesn't really take away a whole lot. I just thought it was very odd. Anyway, they get to this hospital, and it is obviously the most understaffed hospital I've ever seen. It's like it's Halloween too. Yeah, no. Sh- I was just gonna say that it's like just like Halloween too, where there's no one working in this hospital. It's like there's no one anywhere. There's not right. even any other patients. <laughs> there's just no one there at all. Again, we we only see one other person that should have technically been working there, and that's the police officer that they see dead as they enter the building. Um, there's no nurses in the nurse station. There's no nurses in the entire floor. No orderlies. No doctors. No nothing. The lights are off. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what is happening in this hospital? Um, so anyway, so they get in there. They see the cop dead. They're like, obviously, something's going on here. Um, they, you know, of course, Ghostface is attacking everybody and making, you know, phone calls and everything's bad. Um, so anyway, they, they get in a, a big kind of showdown fight um, and they manage to escape um, after, again, a significant struggle. Like, I think everybody gets stabbed at least once. <laughs> And and Dewey does shoot Ghostface a couple of times. Yeah, Dewey Dewey does shoot Ghostface a couple of times, and they all manage to get in the elevator, and they're all about to leave. And then Dewey goes, uh, hold on, I have to go finish it. So he yeah. gets off the elevator, goes over to shoot them in the head, right? Uh, and then <laughs> Ghostface gets up and immediately stabs him in the gut. And then pulls out another knife and then stabs him in the back, seeming like trying to like connect the holes. Yep. Um, and it's and yeah, it's work it's, his way a, up. Yeah, there's a whole lot of blood as yeah, they're like pulling this and run. twisting and <laughs> moving the knives around. Like it is not a good thing that's happening. Um, and poor Dewey dies. Yes, it takes a beat like eviscerated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor Dewey is dead. First legacy character that goes down. Poor Dewey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they managed to get out. Um, they're all kind of like, you know, shocked. They all kind of, you know, they don't know what to do at this point. Um, Sydney actually enters at this point, um, you know, at the, in the hospital lobby. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, reunites with Gail. They have like their kind of tiffy thing, but they're fine. Um, and then they meet Sam and Tara and they're, they kind of commiserate over Dewey's death and stuff like that. Um, and they're kind of Sydney asks, you know, basically Sydney and Gail decide that they need to end this, right. They need to do yep. something. 
they need to find this guy and they need to kill him. And they ask Sam for help. And Sam goes, no, I need to get my sister out of here. Like we're done. <laughs> um, So, you know, they're like, okay. She's like, I understand. I get it. You know, she, she does say at first, like, he'll probably, they'll find you wherever you go. The only way to end it is to like, to go after them. And she goes, I appreciate that. Whatever. I just have to leave. I have to go. So they all get in the car and they go. So it's Sam, uh, her boyfriend, Richie, and then Tara. Um, so they all get in the car and they leave. And um, then Tara realizes that she doesn't have her inhaler. because She has asthma. Throughout the movie, she uses her inhaler at regular intervals. Um, so they're like, oh, I don't have my inhaler. Um, I don't know where it is. Uh, you know, we'll have to go back and get it. She's like, no, 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 we're not going back. You know, like, where, you know, where can we get one? And she's like, oh, well, I left one at Amber's house. You know, my best friend Amber's house. We'll stop there and we'll go get it. Yep. Okay. So then it cuts to Amber's house. Uh, and there's a house party there. <laughs> and they're all partying. Um, at first I was like, why the hell would they be having a party? But then there's a sign behind them that says, like, you know, for Wes. So apparently they're having yep. a party to say goodbye to Wes. I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah, and then essentially uh, Sydney and Gail follow them because they know they're like use them as bait, essentially. Yeah, Sydney puts like some kind of, she said she put a tracker on the car or something, whatever. She yeah. could just follow them, doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, so when, they, when they, they eventually get to the house, well, we see that Mindy and Chad and Liv and Amber are all at this party and there's a whole bunch of other people. It's like a big house party. Yep. Anyway. So they're all like kind of doing the whole thing where they're like, Oh, you know, I need to go get beer in the basement and the basement's like all spooky and stuff. And um, it's like Mindy and um, Amber have like a weird kind of standoff in the basement, <laughs> you know, where they're like both accusing each other of being the killer kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then that kind of passes Um. anyway. And then, so they show up, at the house to go get the inhaler. Um, and then Sydney and Gail see where they go on the map and they go, Oh no. <laughs> right. And so when they get to the house, we find out that Amber's house is actually, uh, Randy's house where the killings happen in the first moves. Stu's house. Oh, sorry. Stu's house. <laughs> um yeah so it's Stu's house it's the same house that the murder you know murder party happened in the first one um where poor poor Rose McGowan got killed in the garage door um that is the <laughs> house that they're that they're at so they're like oh no like the killer planned this like this is where they want her to go um so they get there um yeah there's like weird stuff where they kind of sort of point to live maybe being the killer and then they're they're kind of again they're doing the point in the fingers at everybody this is the point in the movie where everybody gets the finger pointed at them they have that this part in i think every screen movie to where they're like there's like this yeah. kind of like super cut of like everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else and it's like oh where were you where were you where were you like oh it could have been you blah 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 but mindy essentially reenacts randy's scene at the house party correct yeah, but she she goes over the rules and the and the legacy stuff and all that shit. But she's alone, like laying on the couch, hugging the pillow, watching a horror movie, just like Randy did. Right. Yeah. The whole turn around, turn around. Yep. Um. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, shit starts to hit the fan. Uh, people start getting attacked. Uh, I think Chad is the first one to get attacked outside. Um, he gets stabbed a whole lot outside. 
a whole um, lot. Yeah, a whole <laughs> lot outside. Um, Liv comes back in, and then Liv like has blood on her hands for some reason, and they're like, "Oh, it must be Liv. What's going on?" And then Amber just straight up shoots fucking Liv in the head. Yep, we all go a little crazy sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, whoa, and you know, so they're like, "Okay, so Amber's the fucking killer, right?" So that everybody's like running away from Amber. Bad shit's happening. People are hiding. Of course, phone calls are being made. The voice is all over the place. Richie's um, hiding in the closet. Yeah, right. Th- so, what? Uh, was it Sydney or Gail that shoot into the closet, shoot him in the leg? Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They, they shoot him in the leg and he's like, ah, what are you doing? She's like, I told anybody who wasn't the killer to come out. He's like, I'm not going to fall for that, which is fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. Anyway, so he comes out. He, he manages to come downstairs. Um, you know, with uh, Tara, or no, sorry, with Sam, mm-hmm. and then he like as he's coming down the stairs, he just like stabs her in the side. Yep. Um. So yeah, at this point, we find out that yeah, there's two killers, and it's Richie, the boyfriend, and Amber, uh, Tara's best friend. Um, and they basically reveal their whole plan to be, um they wanted to revitalize the franchise because they were not happy with stri- stab, with stab eight, 8 was shit. <laughs> and they do show some funny clips from Stab 8 and it looked gold hilarious. Gold thrower. Yeah, I mean he, seriously, he had like a gold mask. He was like he had like a, a sleeveless muscle shirt on. Yeah. With like these huge muscles and everything. And he, and he was using like thrower. a flamethrower. <laughs> he was using like all these like swords and shit. I mean it was like all this crazy stuff. It looked like a YouTube video. It looked like a parody, but apparently that was the real Stab 8. (laughs) So they were so upset that Stab 8 was so bad that they decided they met on an online forum um, and they tried to revitalize it. So like, yeah, to make their own. Yeah. Richie purposely met up with Sam knowing who she was, because apparently her mom was a drunk that told everybody in the town that Billy Loomis was the real dad, which is like, okay, so that wasn't a big reveal then. (laughs) if Everybody already knew it. But anyway, we didn't know that until this point. Um, so yeah, so they, they knew that. So he purposely, you know, went out of his way to go there to, to meet up with her, to date her, um, to do that point. And Amber did the same thing with Tara to be best friends with her so that they could, you know, integrate themselves into this whole thing. Yes. Um, so yeah, so yeah, kind of back and forth, of course, stabbing showdown. (laughs) Um, I guess I should also mention that at certain points in the movie, uh, Sam does see, Billy Loomis's ghost kind of like giving her advice, like telling her like, yo, you should kill people. You should, you should do bad things, you know, but, but kind of sort of giving her good advice at the same time, you know, telling her not to trust anybody, you know, telling her that you have to end it, stuff like that. Anyway, you know, you want to stab people, right? It's fun. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Shit like that. So anyway, so she, uh, you know, kind of kills Richie in a very, you know, serial killer way. She stabs him like a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like a lot, a lot. She goes a little, a little crazy while she's doing so. Um, yeah. Amber, uh, I think Sydney and Gail were fighting Amber. Amber gets shot and then gets lit on fire from the stove. Yep. Which was funny because it was like the stove turned on and she lit up like she was covered in gasoline. I mean, like her back started on fire the second the fire touched her. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's not how fire works. But yeah, that, that's fine. Whatever. Um, and well, of course, she Gail survives. Was shot. Yeah, Gail. <laughs> yeah, Gail was shot. Um, yeah, Sydney. But anyway, they they managed to make it out of it. The only legacy that dies is Dewey. Yep. 
Um, and then, yeah, so they, they managed to survive. And now Sam and Tara are like, you know, together again. Um, and then, uh, Chad ends up surviving somehow. And Mindy. And Mindy, know, she... and Mindy survives. Yeah. Uh, Liv does not. No. <laughs> Liv does not. Yeah. Wes does not. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's, there's a whole lot of deaths there, but, um, they all survive. Uh, end of movie. Well, okay, we have to I have to point something out here because this is a big thing that I'm gonna have to point out in Scream Six. Gail promises not to write a new book about this to give notoriety. She's gonna make it ambiguous, anonymous, and she's gonna write a book about Dewey. Okay. Well, I mean, oh, she says this in this movie. Yeah, but that doesn't. Who gives a shit? She's not gonna do that. We all know she's not gonna. Do that. <laughs> I'm just saying that she made these promises. In Scream 5. <laughs> she did, yes. That is true. So. Alright, so what were your first thoughts? This is your first time seeing um, it. Yeah, this only came out last year. Yeah, it came out last year. This is the first time I watched it. Um, I, I thought it was actually, I thought it was pretty good. I was expecting it to be horrible. You know, different director, different <laughs> writer, you know, kind of renaming the thing you know, and all that. I, I expected it to be bad. Um. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. It's actually, uh, uh, when we get to my low points, I'll explain. Or I, I could just, I can start now if you want. I'll, I'll just basically the the thought that I had going through this is my low point. So it's yeah, do that. Uh, how bad of an actress Sam is. <laughs> oh man, it's oh, okay. I, I will say that it's it's she is she has like standard acting for like horror movie acting, right? It's not yeah. great, but they put her in a lot of like emotional scenes. When she's like telling Tara about her real dad and she's like crying and stuff, it is like not good. It's not, it's, it doesn't come off as genuine at all. I mean, I felt like I was like, oh man, I was like cringing into myself. Like, this is bad. But I think it's so noticeable because all the people that she's interacting with are great. I mean, they're, they're fantastic. Like, Richie was fantastic. I mean, he was he was an awesome character. You know, he was kind of like the jokey kind of comic relief most of the time. But he was great, you know, against he, he her. He was his character in The Boys. Right. But seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, yeah, just like Alison Brie was Alison Brie. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's who they are. But he was fantastic in this. Yes. Uh, Jenna Ortega was amazing. I mean, she was, yes. you know, played second fiddle to her. But she was, like, by far a better actress than she was. I mean, like, those scenes, like, Jenna Ortega was, like, stealing the scene away from her, even though it was supposed to be her big monologue scene. Like, Jenna Ortega was, like, far and above better than she was in these scenes. And that, that just kind of took it away from me a bit because she was supposed to be like the star and she was like the worst actress out of all of them. So final, she doesn't, she didn't have the final girl acting chops. Right. She should have been right. the final It's girl. usually like the final girl is the only one that can act. In this movie, it was like <laughs> the complete opposite. Everybody was good except for her. I mean, I think even Mindy was better than she was. Yes. Like Mindy was a great <laughs> character. I mean, she was, she was, she was funny, but also, you know, interesting and stuff. I mean, but way better than Sam was. Sam was just kind of like this generic, like brooding character um, that like couldn't pass off emotionally. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I just think that the way she portrayed it, it did not come off very well. Maybe to show that she's kind of not emotional or unhinged because she's the daughter of a serial killer. I, mean, I get that, but Maybe she was like crying. 
Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe she was fake crying because she thought that's what people do. Like she's a true sociopath and she doesn't understand how to choose. I can kind of sort of see that. But again, when I was watching the movie, that's not what I was thinking. (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) this is just not good. Like this is bad. Um, The movie overall doesn't really suffer for it because again, the whole movie doesn't hinge off her acting. No. Um, I mean, it's, it's totally beyond that. I mean, that's just, you know, a couple of scenes where you're like, what is going on with this? Like stop with the monologue, like just move on with the story. Um, but again, I think everybody that was supporting her did such a great job that it kind of made up for it. But I would just say focusing on, I don't think she did a great job. No. No. Sorry, I, uh, I went low point first. So That's fine. Uh, I'll go to my first thoughts, though. Um, I thought it was really interesting that the opening scene where someone seemingly gets stabbed, because everyone seems to get stabbed in the face, and then it cuts to the stream thing, the slash, right? Mm-hmm. But to have her live was interesting. It was definitely a different take, definitely a departure from anything that they've done in the previous four. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't know if we needed such interconnectivity of the woven fan and legacy characters. Um, Stuff like that. Uh, I'll go right into my low points, though, as well. Then we'll go into our highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, low point? I'm sorry. He, Richie says he watched all eight Stab movies on Netflix. Netflix does not carry any franchise as a whole. <laughs> Ever. Well, maybe it, maybe it did in this one. Instance. <laughs> um, if it's fictional, you can do that. If they're your sponsor, you can say that. Yeah. But I thought... You know, I go, okay, I'm glad, you know, we have this movie. I'm just, I'm hoping the next one wasn't going to be 11 years after this again. <laughs> right. Um, you know how I feel about impromptu legacy characters being created. We discussed this on a couple of things. Um, and, you know, if she would have to be, this is 25 years later, so she would have to be twenty, at least 24 or 25, Samuel. And, that, and that kind point. of tracks because again, she left five years ago, and she's she looks about mid twenties, right? But in order for it to be, you know, you you would think that Sydney would know that someone's pregnant in her high school. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's not going to come up and scream one. I'm not going to like hold on, wait, let's give you a list of all <laughs> the pregnant people in my high school. No, what gives a shit? It's a small town, so you think they would have known. Uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a small town, but it was like a decent big high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I mean, like when I went to high school, there was a lot of pregnant girls. <laughs> Starting, like, sophomore year, there was pregnant. You know what I but mean? But you generally knew who the fathers were. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, maybe in Indiana they did. <laughs> not in Illinois they don't. Um, And then, yeah, I guess, you know, my little point is Dewey dying. Like, they took, I mean, they, they did take a fan favorite. Uh, honestly, I felt like it should have been Kale. Everybody feels like it should have been Gale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, they, I think they did purposely did not kill Gale because everybody wanted them to kill Gale. I think that's why. They can't kill Sydney because she was the legacy main character, right? At least not right away. I mean, they may sort it down the line. I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just saying in this first movie, they're not going to do that. Um, to 
they're not going to kill Gail because that's what everybody wants you to do. That's what everybody expects you to do. <laughs> so if you do that, everybody's going to be upset that you did exactly what they wanted. Because that's how fandoms work. <laughs> they think they know what they want, and then when you give it to them, they're not happy about it. Well, which is that was the what that was the purpose of this movie. They state that about Stab Eight that this is a fandom now, and we are the fandoms watching this, and how fans think this should go. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Those are my low points. But let's get into your highlights, though. Uh, my highlights. I mean, I already touched on it. I thought the supporting characters were fantastic. Um, like I said, I, I thought Jenna Ortega for having a smaller role. I thought she was fantastic as Tara. I mean, I think Tara was a standout role in this really. Um, I mean, but it, like I said, Mindy was great. Um, Richie was great. Um, Amber, Amber was not. Nah. What's that? <laughs> Amber was not. No. Yeah. I was like, say Amber, nah. I mean, it, like she was just kind of like a neutral, like kind of sort of bitchy character. Um, I'm not saying that just because, you know, she was like a woman trying to have power or anything. No, she was just a kind of bitchy character. She was just like a not happy kind of like stick in the mud character um, until she like turned. And like you could, I mean, there was like no clues that things were happening at all. No. Um, The first time you saw that it might be her was like in the party. She started acting like a total jerk. Uh, But that was like the only real clue that you got. Like I was like, oh. Maybe it is her, but this is again the part of the movie where everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else. So it's like, yep, <laughs> they probably are. Well, and Dewey called it. Well, yeah, he was like, <laughs> "How long you know this guy? Six months? Yeah, don't trust this guy. He's a suspect." <laughs> He's like, "It's always the love interest." Yeah, she's like, "Oh, whatever." And then in, at the end of the movie, Richie was like, "Dewey called it in one." <laughs> <laughs> it was he's like he called me he knew it immediately <laughs> yeah but yeah again so they had to kill a legacy character but i mean it's sad that it was dewey but again who uh, they can't kill sydney and they don't want to do what everybody wants them to do with gail so yeah you would almost argue that hicks was a legacy character at this point <sighs> what sheriff judy yep uh but yeah but she wasn't in the first movie well because we'll get into it because who they call legacy in the next one yeah i get that i understand but uh, yeah in this one they, they came call, from the same movie well they say wes is a legacy character right like sheriff right, judy right, doesn't so, show up until three row what is which one does four, she show up in four four yeah so she was only one movie before this all right so are we saying because she was crushing on dewey right which means wes was already alive she's part of the aria single mother at that point 10 years previous yeah, because well, yeah, if he was eighteen at the time, that means he was eight. Because this yeah. is ten years later. Yeah, right. No, you're, but you're right about the acting, and yeah, the limp came back for Dewey. Did Dewey go out a hero? Yeah, I mean, he's always yeah, been he, that guy. Yeah, right? no, he went back to try to end it to make sure that it could stop, and he unfortunately, you know, got stabbed. <laughs> twice <laughs> from the front and the back yeah at the guy. same time uh but yeah like when they killed him they said it's been an honor you know meaning like obviously this person knows his you know legacy status right uh, but yeah overall uh i mean i thought it was i thought it was good i thought it was a good movie i liked it better than the fourth one and third <laughs> Well, obviously, yeah. Third, yeah. Spoiler alert: third's going to be the worst score for me in this whole franchise. Uh, me too. So, <laughs> no. So, okay. 
on, on that note, though, how many stabs out of 10 do you give this? Uh, I will give this one seven stabs out of 10. I actually so would say I like this a little tiny, tiny skosh more than the first one. Wow. Yeah. That's your highest one. Well, so far, yeah. Because so far. <laughs> the first one was a 6.9. It was very, very close to 7, but this one is a solid 7. I like this one. I I actually like this a skosh less than Scream 4. I know, I know the meta they're trying to do with legacy characters, and like I said that that just a personal opinion of mine. That you know, if they want to move forward of the franchise without the legacy, then there's a way to do it. And it was a lot of it felt shoehorn. Like the guy who, so I'm giving seven point five by the way. Uh, the guy who was killed at the pool hall was. Stu's nephew. Oh yeah, that's right. Did, did that forgot. really? Did that really matter? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, that's the whole reason why they started having a conversation as to who is legacy or not is because that guy they found out was yeah technically a legacy. Does it matter? <laughs> no. I mean, it it doesn't matter, but it matters to the point of the movie is saying that they're killing people that were attached to the original crime. They're like the relatives of the original killers or people involved in the first one. But yeah, which again is funny because like Wes is not involved until the fourth movie. Correct. So and how is Billy, he a legacy? And Billy's dad. Billy's dad's still out there. Technic- you know, yeah, technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. Isn't his dad still out there? <laughs> yeah, add one oh, more yeah, to he is. Yeah, because he yeah. he showed up briefly in three, right? Three. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll throw in the. The last one at the end of where we discussed Scream Six, one character as well that we haven't seen yet that could come into play. Who knows? Well, yeah, but that's like Scream Two where they brought in like Billy's mother. Like, how the hell are you supposed to know that? Well, here's here's my we'll, we'll get into my prediction of what they'll try to try to do next. Um, but let's get into Scream Six. So we'll pause for a moment. Spoilers ahead. This movie just came out two days ago. At the yeah, time well, of as of recording, yeah, this is Sunday following the Friday it came out. Yes. Yes. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which will be the 15th, make sure you watch Stream 6. Right. You won't be you won't be upset that you did. No. No. Um I'll just throw this out there right now, since we're in the spoiler territory. Richie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that they kind of worked that out of the whole but, but. family there, right? But I mean technically sure. <laughs> I, I, I think that would be milking it a little too much. No, here's my uh, prediction. You ready for this? This is my yes. prediction for Scream 7, okay? Mm-hmm. All the characters are going to get together and there's going to be a pool scene. And in that pool mm-hmm. scene, they're all going to be comparing all the scars that they have from all the fucking stabs that they've gotten from all the fucking <laughs> movies up until now, because they've all been stabbed like a hundred fucking times. So they should be like crisscross, like treasure map scars all over their body. So they so should have saying, a scene where they're at the side of the pool and they're all covered in scars and they're all talking about it. So you're saying we need a Jaws scene where they're yes, comparing how they- <laughs> Absolutely. 
I love a Clint and Richard Dreyfus scene, but with everybody. So we're talking, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking Sydney. We're talking Gail. We're talking Kirby. We're talking <clears throat> um, Sam and Tara. They've all been stabbed. Chad, Chad, Multiple, to the yeah, win. Chad and Mindy. Right. Yeah. They've all been stabbed a lot. They all should. Well, sorry. We just gave away the survivors. I guess, I guess it doesn't matter. If, you've, if you're watching this, either you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen it. So either way, I'm not ruining anything. We, already gave, you that. Yeah, we already gave you the warning. Yeah, we already gave you the warning. So at the time of this recording, it's been about eight and a half hours since you've seen this movie. Yeah, it was, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking, for some reason, I was thinking 12. But yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's get into this thing, right? Uh, we'll tag team this because I'm already having. Okay, so it starts off. Um, I'm to yellow it dress in the bar. Um, uh, so yeah, so she's there's a there's a, a woman waiting in a uh, a bar of like a trendy restaurant, um, waiting for a date. Obviously, like she keeps like waving to everybody coming in. Um, and she, and obviously that she's waiting for someone. Um, and then they show her like, you know, talking to someone on their phone, um, and, you know, kind of texting back and forth. And, you know, the, the character, the person that she's talking to in like a online dating app um, says that, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. I'm lost. I can't find the restaurant. I give you a call. Yeah. yeah. Can I call you? Um, so he calls. And a funny thing is, I immediately knew this voice um, because I just watched Willow. <laughs> <laughs> the show Willow and this guy is in that movie. So I just I li- just watched it last week. So I'm like, hey, that's that guy. Is it Tony? What do you mean? Is it Tony uh from Servant and Spider Man? Is that the voice I was on the phone? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was like, what? But no, yeah, he was Flash. Tony Revealer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was Flash, Flash in the Thompson. in the new Spider Man movies. Yes, that's him. And and first and foremost, how dare you stand up, Samara Weaving? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. But yeah, and we we get her true like Australian accent in this movie. Which I was is taking them like when she first talked about. I'm like, wait, wait, she's in her real voice. Yeah. Like, who is this person? <laughs> um. But yeah. So I. But anyway, I immediately knew this guy's voice. I'm like, hey, it's that guy. Uh. But anyway, so there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, you know. He's like, okay, what color is the outside of the restaurant? I, there's not a sign. I can't see it. She's like, oh, I think it's red. And he's like, oh, I don't see anything red. So she goes outside and she's like, yeah, it's red. And he's like, oh, I'm lost. I can't find it. Oh, I think I'm one block over. Oh, I, I, there's an alley. Is there an alley nearby? She's like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to start walking down this alley. So she looks down the alley. She doesn't see anybody. And she's like, yeah, I don't see you. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't see you either, but I see somebody. And he's like, oh, wave if it's you. And, he, and she's waving. And he's like, yeah, they're not waving. They're just staring at me all menacingly. And she's like, what do you mean? You're like, oh, no, they're following me. Oh, no, they're chasing me. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're coming after me. <laughs> and so she, like, runs into this alley. <laughs> well, okay, then, like, so he, well, the point, okay, so we have to point out that she is a professor of horror movies, specifically slasher movies. Right. Correct. Yeah. Associate professor. Right. Yeah. Because he goes, you're an associate professor, and you still went into this dark alley right. of slasher. Right, yeah. So yeah, so he basically lures into this alley. Of course, the phone switches to the voice. Yep. Um, and you know, telling that oh, you got lured into the alley. Ghostface comes out of uh, you know, this kind of side alley. I don't know how that works, but there was uh, an alley in the alley. 
Uh, so it came out, stabs her a whole lot of times. Um, and that seems to happen a lot in this movie. There's a whole lot of like furious, fast stabbing of like just like 20 stabs happening in like, three seconds. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's a lot of stabs that happen. Um, so she gets killed um, and then it kind of fades out. So then this guy then takes the mask off, which again is like, what? You yeah, know, like yeah. we're, we're seeing who the ghost face is immediately. So like he takes the mask off. And of course, it's the guy I thought it was because I knew his Tony. voice. <laughs> I, was like, I, I just saw that guy. Like, <laughs> so I knew it was him. But anyway, so it cuts to he goes back to his apartment. Um, and he goes in um, and he's looking for his boyfriend slash roommate. I don't know. They right. don't really describe that, yeah. that situation, but it feels like boyfriend to me. Oh, he goes, honey, I'm home. Right. Yeah. Again, it just, it feels like boyfriend to me anyway. So he goes into the house um, and he's like, oh, he's not here. Uh, You know, I'll, I'll put it. So he puts the mask, like he opens up his closet and there's like a weird stab. A shrine. Franchise shrine in there. So he like puts the mask back on like it's a little mannequin head (laughs) that's in there. Um, You know, he sits down and starts watching one of this. No. What is he? Oh, he's watching a Friday the 13th movie, I believe. Yes, he's watching Jason Takes Manhattan because yes. this movie takes place in New York. Right, yeah. City. We're in the big city. We're not in Woodboro anymore. Even though we haven't... This is the third time outside of it, but yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a new thing to be outside of Woodboro. But yes, we're outside of Woodboro no. for the first time in this new re, re, requel franchise, whatever you call it. Correct. Um, so yeah, so he's sitting down and he's watching a movie and then Greg, who's his uh, you know boyfriend, roommate guy, calls him and he's like oh really sorry man i had blue balls i had to do it you know i had to test it out you know i i did it without you kind of thing so apparently they had planned out this murder him and uh the boyfriend Greg. planned this out ahead yep. of time um and then it he starts talking in the voice and of course he goes oh i thought we told that you know we, we said we were never going to use the voice with each other and so they're like kind of playing games back and forth, like, "Oh, well, you killed her without me, so now I'm going to play with you in this voice." Um, yeah, anyway, practice the voice, yeah, yeah, blah blah blah, back and forth banter. Um, eventually they start playing hot and cold. Um, and then he leads him to the fridge, and he opens the fridge, and there is his boyfriend's butchered body. Body <laughs> is, is yep. stuffed into the fridge. I mean, but like. We're talking like limbs severed, I mean, head decapitated, everything. It's, it's bad. Oh, yeah. All stuffed in this fridge. And then he gets, you know, Ghostface comes out and stabs him and kills him. But this Ghostface, you can tell is there's something different about him because his mask is like old looking. Yes, he, like, he, 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 he got the Halloween 2018 mask version right. of the ghost face <laughs> right yeah so it's a like, legacy <laughs> right yeah so it's like all like dirty and kind of beat up looking and stuff like that um yeah. so yeah so then it like you know at that point it kind of goes to the whole title screen thing um yep. so yeah at this point we're like okay so now we've had like you know what <laughs> three ghost faces already <laughs> in, this, yep. in this movie um and then the way the guy kills him he's like oh he said is this because of the movie or something and he's like and the, and, and the ghost face that kills him says who gives a shit about movies or something like that yeah which was kind of the clue i was using to like yeah. try to figure out who it was and that ultimately didn't matter shot <laughs> right i guess they do that all the time they give you these red herrings to where you're looking for it and it doesn't happen yep um, anyway, um, so then we cut to um, uh, Sam and Tara are both living like Tara is now going to college, which um, 
again well, at this Sam, point, Sam's at a therapy session, right? With like some first. weird. Um, she thought. His, well, his guy, beard's like, too short. Never... I think that's why I don't like him. His beard's too short. That's that's fair. I mean, our beards are spectacular. <laughs> um, but he's going over like you never told me really why you're here. It's like. I, you know, the thing that happened last year in Woodsboro, I stabbed the eye 22 times. I liked it. Well, you know, she had said it, it felt right. And right. he starts like furiously writing stuff down. And it's like, you know, I just, I don't know if it'll happen again. It's like, uh, we're going to call this now. <laughs> we're, we're, just, we're done for right now. You well, can't it, report yeah. me. I, I, I... <laughs> to be fair, I have to. He has to call the police, right? Yeah. So anyway. she's taking it as being that she's admitting to it because the next thing we really find out why he's kind of nervous about this because um, she's walking out, she's calling Tara to figure out where she's at. Say, hey, I'm not there pretty early. We need to meet up. Tara's on her way to this college party. A frat party. The worst kind of college frat party. party. Oh, yeah. Well, in a, in a, I should specify, in a horror movie, a frat party is the worst place to be. Yeah, um, but she didn't know where she was going, and she's kind of attacked. And the the buzz around the internet and the Reddit's is that Sam, because the the end of the interview was there in Scream Five, that the true story doesn't come out. So people are labeling Sam as the real killer that she staged the whole thing. Right. So I can see why her therapist was a little uneasy about that, but he, he probably knows that information. Well, yeah, I mean, it's fair. I mean, it they played it off as like a Reddit conspiracy. So, yeah, there is definitely some people that are going to know it, but not everybody. And right. I would doubt some old graybeard dude would know about it. But I guess, I mean, I don't judge people. <laughs> Based on what he's, I just kind of doubt it. I just think he was just scared about, you know, he obviously heard about the killings, right? Um, but not necessarily yeah. that she did it. But if she says that she killed him and she liked it, now that is something we're like, yo, whoa, whoa. I don't want to <laughs> deal with this. Which is fair. Um, but she gets back to her apartment and roommate, you know, it's like, where's Tara? She's not answering. She's well, ignoring me. To, to be clear, Quinn, the sex positive roommate. <sighs> yes, it's very clear that she's sex positive throughout this. Entire That's time. like her defining trait is she's she, like always mid bone with some guy. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, they, you know, they find out that, you know, they find out that, uh, well, Quinn, Quinn tells Sam that Tara went to this frat party. So right. she goes to the frat party. Um, and it's like the day before Halloween. So like everybody's in costume. So this is like a Halloween frat party. Um, and so, uh, Tara is at the party and she's like drunk, obviously just like a pirate. I think, I think she's supposed to be a pirate. Yes. Um, so she's like drinking, like the, the keg is tapped out. Um, this like creepy date rape dude <laughs> brings it like, oh, well, the, the keg's out, but there's some hard stuff in the kitchen. They go in the, the kitchen. All the hard stuff is gone. Right, babe. I got fireball in my room. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I got some fireball in my room. You want to come up in my room? And she's like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Right. And so she tries to go upstairs. I would. Uh, first and foremost, I'd never follow anyone to the room with the temptation of fireball because fireball sucks. Well, yeah, fireball is fucking <laughs> disgusting. I mean, that's again, I agree with you. It's terrible. But I mean, hey, whatever. 
<laughs> like she says herself, <laughs> if I want to make my own mistakes, you know, it's my it's my choice to make, and I I get that. But you know, all her friends were there. Fireballs a mistake, yes, right, yeah. But I mean, Mindy <laughs> was there, Chad was there. They they've all gone to the same college, um. So they're all kind of sort of together. Um. So yeah, Chad tries to stop her. Um. Be a creepy date rape guy is like you know fighting back you know calling her a bitch and all that stuff so it's like off bro yeah so like yeah obviously they're they're not doing well um sam shows up and then tara gets kind of upset because apparently she's like not let tara out of her sight in the last year which i mean yeah (laughs) i mean like what the hell of course she has it it's been a year that's not a lot of time you know she lets you come to college it's not like she's not letting you do anything but yeah she's keeping a fucking eye on you um, so yeah, so she like comes in, uh, date rapey guy gets a little handsy, um, and she tases him in the balls. <laughs> she tells him, to, hey, I'm tasing the balls. Now. Right. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. She <laughs> does give him fair warning and he doesn't move. So it's his own fault. Yes. Um, so yeah, so, you know, Tara kind of gets upset, um, that, you know, they're like, you know, all like, you know, overprotective of her and she wants to make her own mistakes. If she wants to fucking asshole, it's her job to, you know, she can, should be able right. to do that. Um, so anyway, so they all like kind of go back to their apartment. Um, her and Chad kind of have a moment, right? Um, right. Because interrupted she says, by Quinn, the sex positive. 30 minutes, 30 minutes ago, she was drunk enough to make bad decisions, but she's sober now. Yeah. Yeah. She tells it like, oh, I'm fine now. Bullshit. Yeah. Well, bullshit. I mean, yes, <laughs> bullshit, obviously, but that's something a drunk person would say. Um, yeah, so she gets interrupted. So yeah, her and uh, and Chad don't quite kiss yet. Um, but it's obvious that they they want to. Um, they get interrupted by you know Quinn, the sex positive roommate. Um, and then they uh find out about the you know the killings on the news. Uh, because apparently they're all in film school together, and uh, this you know those two guys that were you know the one that killed the professor, they were like film students with them in the same class. Yep. Um, so they knew who they were and they, you know, the whole ghost face thing, obviously they found a little ghost face shrine in the house with the, with the bodies. So yeah, like obviously everybody gets pinged on this. So they're watching it and they're like, Oh, this is interesting. What's going on. Um, Quinn says that her dad is a New York cop. Um, you know, she can call him to find out more information. Um, she yep. calls him and of course they, he goes like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm on the case. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you have everybody come down to the station so we can talk? Um, so they go down there. Um, Dad is played by Dermot Mulrooney. Well, he comes down because they said that they found a ghost face mask that was used by um, by Richie and Amber. Right. And her and, and Sam's ID. So now she's tied into this and that's the whole Reddit conspiracy thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, um, they, they call her to... down to get alibis and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And we are introduced to Mindy's girlfriend. And the, the other roommate, Annika, and then Chad's lad's roommate, Ethan. Well, I think that's I think that's after this. I think they're all at the house watching the news. Not yet. Oh, okay. Next, they, I mean, very very shortly they will be, but not just yet. Um, they go down, they give the interview, they give their alibis, um, and then they go down to the house and they decide to do like a lockdown thing, and that's when everybody comes over. <laughs> That's when Chad brings over Ethan, I think is his roommate, right? Yeah. And then Annika is Mindy's girlfriend. 
I believe. Yes. No, that's 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 after this. Like like when they start getting attacked in their apartment after lockdown. Right. Because they go to the bodega first. Right. Before the lockdown. Right. I think it's because of the bodega that they go into the lockdown. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, I think it's either on the way there or on the way back. They get the phone call and it has Richie's picture on Sam's phone because she didn't delete his contact number. Well, which is fair. If the dude's dead, it's not going to be one of the things you think of doing. <laughs> right. But it's it's the voice. Um, essentially knows where they are and they pursues them into a bodega and you know, legacy mask looking esque, right? And he this is the in the trailer, you know, a a client, customer of the bodega is like, Yeah, problem man, he gets like stabbed right in the neck. <laughs> well he gets he gets one of the furious stabs. He gets stabbed like five times like really fast. Right. And then the guy behind him tries to do something, he gets stabbed just like once, like through the neck. And then everybody else well, runs. and then he but, but he yeah, the bodega only had a shotgun shot him and he's able to roll out of the way. Well, to be fair, um, he didn't hit him. Yeah. He shot and he was like already out of the way when he shot and he blew up all like a bunch of chips. <laughs> but he Those didn't hit chips. him the first time. Um and then he gets attacked and and then something we didn't see is the ghost face using a shotgun to blow someone's head off. <laughs> right. Um, so then they're, they're trying to escape through the bodega by throwing things. The bodegas aren't very big. So not a lot of places to hide. Um, and then they uh, knock him, like push a shelf over, and they try to get out, and people like, help us. There's someone in there, and they look up, and there's nothing there except just a mask. Right. But it's not the mask that he was wearing. No. Um, we find out that it was used by... Uh, Jill, Jill and Charlie. Charlie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, they're basically figuring out that the killer is leaving masks belonging to the other killers, and they seem to be counting down from most to recent to old. Yeah. Right to what we don't know. Right. Yeah. So that's when they decide to go into lockdown. I guess the one other thing that we should mention before this lockdown. Is that there's like a what they who they call the cute guy who like lives like across their little like courtyard from them because they're like yep. on like what the fourth, fifth floor. So he's like across the, the courtyard that I can see into his apartment on the other side. And they always talk about joke about how he's like this cute guy that Sam and him keep checking each other out, but they don't ever meet up. Yeah. Um, and there was a quick scene uh, where they show that they were actually hooking up. They were just hiding it. Yes, I guess that, I think that's the only other information that we need at this point. Anyway, so yeah, they all decide to lock down, um, and they all you know kind of uh, lock down in there, and they you know this is where they come up with the whole core four thing, um, to where it's Mindy, Chad, Sam, and Tara who are the people that survived the last attacks, and they're calling themselves the core four. Yeah, um, obviously Chad comes up with it. They all reluctantly kind of agree with it, um, and while they're all kind of like bonding over dinner. Um, uh, in the other room, Quinn, who is the, the sex positive roommate is being attacked by Ghostface, and the guy across the hall, I guess we'll just say the guy across the hall, the guy across the sure. hall, the cute guy, he sees this happening and he tries calling Sam. She doesn't pick up and he sends a picture 
of Ghostface attacking her in the room to everyone. Yep. I don't know how he knows everyone's number, but he does. And so he sends this picture to everyone, and they go, oh, shit. And they go to go open the door to find out what's happening. And the door opens, and her body comes flying out and knocks her and knocks everybody kind of down like bowling pins. Um, (laughs) And then they start getting chased all around the apartment. Um, Tara and Chad run out the door and run all the way down the stairs. Um, And then Sam and, uh, and Mindy and Annika get kind of uh, blocked by Ghostface and they can't get through. So they have to like run around the apartment Um, and they end up getting, I think they get slashed a couple of times um, and they like, you know, break through various doors before they kind of barricade themselves back in Quinn's room um, to where they, they lock the door um, and then he comes around the bathroom door. He's apparently a shared bathroom with multiple doorways. Um, and he comes around that side and they have to, they block up that door with a, um, a dresser. But at this point, Annika had already been stabbed very, very badly in, in the, the gut. gut. Right. Yeah. Like it's, her it's, guts were kind of coming out. <laughs> right. It's not good. Like she's in full on like cold sweats. Like this is, she's probably not going to last very long. Mindy has a very, very nasty slash on her arm. There's a lot of blood and she's like, she's got the cold sweats going too. Like bad things are happening. Um, and they're holding the door closed and they have no way out. Um, kind of Tara and Chad. I, I kind of don't know what happened to Chad at this point. It's like they get all the way down and they realize that they're not there. They go back up. They realize the door is locked. Um, and they yep. can't get and, back uh, in. And the keys are inside. Yeah. And the keys are inside. And then they just kind of like disappear. <laughs> they just uh, like, oh, well. Yeah. They just kind of disappear from the scene. Like they're just not there. Anyway. Chad's so, a bro. He should be able to break down that door. Right. I'm just saying. But yeah, he doesn't try. They're just removed from the scene at this point. Yeah. Um, so then uh, cute guy basically, you know, is waving his arms at the window. They open the window and he's like, he puts out a ladder so they can climb across. Um, so he puts out a ladder. Um, <laughs> so Sam comes Samuel's over first, first and she's okay. Uh, Mindy is obviously injured and it's very shaky, but she does get through. Um, Annika uh, is very, very injured and she's coming through. Ghostface makes it through the, the dresser, knocks, finally gets the door open as Annika's about halfway over. And Ghostface just starts shaking the ladder around. <laughs> I, yeah. don't know, I don't know why he doesn't just like throw it or, or move it or, you know, whatever. Anyway, but he's like shaking toying it with, and knocking to- it around. With her, yeah, yeah. Toying with her. Um, and she does eventually fall to her death in the courtyard. <laughs> um, I mean, she was probably going to die anyway. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, that was a nasty wound because it was like stab in and then he like pulled it up <laughs> so it was like and twisted yeah. yeah there was a lot of a lot of bad damage that happened in there <laughs> yeah um we should also point out though before the scene that we find out that kirby is back at the station as the fbi all oh, right yeah um and gail weathers is back and they had the run-in with her. she she tried she dodges sam's punch but then tara hits her right i think that happens right before the bodega thing yeah um, um yeah and, 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 and funny and thing is th- Sorry, go ahead. I said, and the therapist, Sam's therapist, gets stabbed, and because he gets, uh, I believe, uh, Roman's mask at his murder. Right. Yeah, because they're cut. The funny thing. Uh, Well, the funny thing is, is that uh, Hayden Penetera actually like campaigned for her character to survive. Yes. Like actually, she quit. She quit acting. Right. 
Yeah, she had to like she like called them up and was like gave them a case for, to bring her character back because again they never actually showed her dead no. and they never actually said anything about her being dead so technically she could still be alive and she now she is and now she's well, an FBI no, she said in the movie technically she technically she died for four minutes <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so even if they did say she died it was true because she but they didn't say that I was because I was I I knew that. Before I watched <laughs> four, um, and I was waiting for it. I was like to see if there was anything like definitively saying she was dead, and there's not. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's cool. But yeah, she's an FBI agent now. Um, there's even a joke made by Gail where she's like, "You're just a child. How can you be an FBI agent?" She's like, "I'm 30." <laughs> Which yeah. is yeah, it's fair. It tells you how long the franchise has been going. Somehow Kirby has come back. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. So Kirby is back, and uh, to be fair, I like Kirby. Kirby's a cool yeah. character. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, she did come back. So yeah, at this point, um, yeah, obviously horrible things have happened. Everybody needs to like recover and go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Quinn is is now dead. Annika is now dead. Um, Mindy was stabbed. Um, I don't think anybody else was stabbed. I think everybody else was okay. And uh, uh, the the Ethan was not around this entire time. Correct. Um, and they questioned that because where were he's like, I, I had what it was, uh, econ. He said he had econ. econ. It's around hundreds of people. Um, the, uh, the detective was taken off the case because it's too personal now. Well, yeah, um, his daughter is one killed. of the victims. So yeah, yeah, that's, that tracks. Yeah, that's, um, but the mask left was worn by Mickey. Right. Um, he's like, well, I'm off this now. So he's like, we're going to get that fucker. <laughs> For yeah. him. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's when Gail comes in and, and uses her investigative journalism techniques to find this like secret shrine. Um it's like an old movie theater that's converted into like a, a stab movie franchise shrine. Museum. Um, Museum. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there's like all they have all of the um original ghost face outfits worn by all of the original killers there's nine of them at this point yes because yeah counting all the movies because yeah scream 3 only had one ghost face but all the other ones had two correct which means um they uh, had you know the tv that was used to kill Stu mocker right they even had the knives weapons used they had the shirts that people were killed in right they had randy's shirt you know there's the top story jacket which was top story from gail's uh journalist right, right. yeah it was yeah it was basically uh, like uh, any kind of memorabilia from both the stab movie franchise and the real ghostface killing well real in that world yes killing so they had everything but it seemed to be like they held the real killers in higher regard so they they loved the franchise but they loved the real killers and they seems to be like this collection because all the masks are missing from all of the um mannequins which means that these are the masks that they originally had and that whoever owns this shrine is the one doing the killings right because they're saying they'll find dna evidence of everyone in that mask right right um so yeah at this at this point so yeah they like they find out all this kind of stuff um yeah like tara kind of has like a mini kind of breakdown um and kirby has to kind of talk her through it um and then after that they basically decide that they're going to do like a sting operation 
Um, and uh, they, and they basically tell Gail, oh, it's it's no press allowed. I have no fucking clue why they did that. I'm FBI, no press allowed. So right. Gail like, goes back home. <laughs> right, but that's like the dumbest thing. Like they're all you're all involved, man. Like why are you trying to? Anyway, it doesn't make any sense. Right, and they, I know and, they have to set up. Well, the next then we scene. get it just doesn't make any sense. So, essentially, we're at a, a public park, and they're having a sting operation. Like, go out into the open. We'll have them call you. We'll trace it. Cause I can trace it in 15 seconds, says Kirby. Well, yeah, they're basically and, redoing the... Scream uh, 2. Yeah, the campus scene from Scream 2 is Which essentially... Which exact... Because this is where we get all the rules, is in this, while they're all sitting around. Yeah. Um, The rules of the requel. The sequel to the revival or remake. Yeah, and what are the rules? Um, oh, there are no rules. Everybody's fair game. Even legacy characters. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's always it's all everybody's fair game. Oh, and everything's going to be bloodier and and worse than the last one. It's like stop. <laughs> Why do you bother with the rules? They're always the same. Like just stop it. But they it's even annoying. point out like like we're going to do this in the middle of daylight. That's how her uncle died. Right, doing this same thing. Right. Oh, uh... <laughs> but they made ghost. You know, the voice calls Sam, and it's using using Richie's phone. And, like, we traced it. It's coming from, like, 96 Avenue. <gasps> and then cut to Gail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Gail's apartment, right. Yeah, so, like, yeah, Gail, um, you know, gets a call from the voice. Um, of course, her she's boy like, toy's there. Yeah, wait, oh, sorry, yeah, boyfriend is there who goes in the other room for something. Um, she's, like, pacing around the room, and we see Ghostface kill the boyfriend while she's their back is turned. Um, and she's like... Right, and something... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say something that they never mentioned before that you never really thought of, and they mentioned it while she gets the call from the boys, is it's finally a pleasure to get to speak to. We've never spoken before. Right, and again, the voice seems to be the omniscient version of the <laughs> voice that knows every other conversation the voice has ever had. Yes. Even though most of this stuff is not... Whatever. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the voice is omniscient when it's using the voice to speak to people. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, they talk about how yeah, Gail and the voice have never spoken, and now they finally have. Um, so yeah, Boytoy gets murdered. Um, eventually, Boytoy gets thrown through the bookshelf. Um, yeah, and uh, and Gail, there's like a chase through the house. You know, Gail hits him with a frying pan. Eventually, locks herself and drops it. Yeah, of course. Cast iron. (laughs) Those are heavy, to be fair. Um, So, yeah, she gets in her room, locks the door. She, you know, eventually gets open her gun safe and then, like, shoots through the door. Um, And eventually it opens it. Of course, he's not there. Um, Struggle, fight. Uh, She gets stabbed again. A few times. Yeah, she gets stabbed more than once this time, and it doesn't look good for Gail. I thought for sure Gail was dead. (laughs) in this scene especially when everybody finally gets there to like scare him away uh i thought for sure she was gonna die the way she was talking i was like oh she's dead yeah this is it i'm i'm done yeah and yeah i don't i forget yeah anyway so she had some last words i don't remember what they were oh tell tell sydney he didn't get me or something um, yeah. And I, I guess we should also talk that, yeah, Sydney uh, took Mark to a safe location. and With her kids. Yeah, she's not being involved in this. Mark Kincaid. Yeah. Well, Kincaid she they kept saying Mark. I'm like, who the fuck is Mark? <laughs> I, <had to laughs> well, I was like, I know. I was like, I know he's got to be somebody from the movie. But I, I didn't realize because in the movie, in Scream 3, they always said Kincaid. They never said his first name. Correct. 
So they say Mark. I'm like, who the fuck is Mark? How am I supposed so to know who Mark at, is? They said it at the end of three because she because Sidney kept calling him Kincaid. He's like, oh, call me Mark. <laughs> Whatever. I'm gonna watch the movie. I don't care. I don't like three. I don't want to remember <laughs> that. Um, yeah. So anyway, so Gail appears to die, and then the, the 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 paramedics say, oh look, we got a weak pulse. You know, we'll take her to the hospital. Um, and Gail. Yeah, Gail <laughs> exits the film, but she's not dead. <laughs> she does. Right. She does survive. Uh, boyfriend, her boy, boy boy toy guy did not survive. And the voice goes, I guess all those muscles didn't help him. Goes, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, she's like, man, I guess not. I mean, it's very casual, very <laughs> casual. But Gail <laughs> kept her head under under uh, pressure. She really did. Yes. Um, okay, so at this point, they go, okay, well, he's just going to keep coming after us. We need to do something. We need to trap him. Um, so we need mm-hmm. to come up with uh, like a trap. So that we can come after us and we can trap him and then, you know, kill him. Because, you know, obviously they want to kill him. Um, so they get everybody involved. They get, um, uh, you know, Dermot Mulroney involved, of course, because he wants to avenge his daughter. Um, of course, Kirby's on board because, you know, she doesn't like Ghostface. She's got stabbed by him before, even though this she is a different car. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, yeah, so they basically all decide they want to end it. Um, so they go back to the shrine because it had like key card entry and there's only one way in or out. Um, and a man trap. And a man trap yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so they decide that this box. is the safest place to do it at. Um, they're all going to go there. So they all take the subway there, <laughs> of course. Uh, Kirby is not with them. Kirby says that she's going to meet them there. Yep. Um, so everybody else goes on the subway. Um, Mindy and Ethan, um, because it's like this is like Halloween night, so there's people like everywhere, and they're all like dressed up in costumes. Um, so, Easter eggs, right? Yeah. So there's yeah, there's a million ghost faces, of, of course. Um, so anyway, so um, Mindy and Ethan don't catch the first train. They end up in a, another train that's like five minutes behind them. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first train is the yeah, Sam, Tara, Chad, and is that it? And the Cute boy from across the hall. Oh, right. And, oh, that's right. Cute boy is with them at this point, too. Yeah, so they're all in the first train. They all make it to the place. Okay. Uh, the train behind, um, Mindy and Ethan are there. Mindy does not trust Ethan at this point. She's not she, necessarily. She's been con- calling him Ghostface. She's been calling right. him Ghostface for a while. Well, yeah, because, yeah, again, he's the guy that wasn't there. He was the only guy that yeah. wasn't there during the attack in the apartment. And, you know, even though he had an alibi, supposedly, but he was the only guy that wasn't there. And also, you know, she's he's like the weird, creepy roommate, whatever. She's kind of convinced that he's like one of them, at least, um, but not quite convinced enough to, like, <laughs> you know, completely turn him in or, or kill him or anything. But she's <laughs> pretty, you know, on the fence about it. anyway. So she's like standing like a whole subway car away from him. Um, and she keeps kind of getting scooted back and further by all the people milling around and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of scenes where, you know, weird ghost faces are staring at her because uh, there's a lot of them on the train. And um, it goes back between both train cars because, like I said, Easter egg galore. Yeah. Because we see every slasher icon you could possibly think of. We have uh, we have people dressed as the uh, tethered in us. Um there was uh, the doctors and scientists from Cabin in the Woods. So we can do a whole Easter egg video just on this train scene alone. Probably. Who, who are the people with the ski <laughs> goggles? 
I was trying to figure out who they were supposed to be. I'm like, I have no fucking clue who these people are supposed to be. Everybody else I pretty much got. Ooh. It was like people in ski goggles. I'm like, I don't know who this is supposed to be. Are they supposed to be like the thing? Because they, it didn't look like yeah. correct. But I guess maybe well, I was like, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It, or it could have been from Frozen. Where they're stuck in the ski lift. Oh, I don't. I never saw that. <laughs> That's, That's an old ass reference. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is more popular. They only really don't show a popular movie character. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and better versions of them than what were in Jeepers Creepers Reborn. I'm just throwing correct. it out there. That's very correct. <laughs> um, anyway, so this all boils down to uh, Mindy gets kind of pushed up against the back wall, um, and then one of the there's like an extended kind of power outage on the on the subway, which I guess is fairly normal, um, and she gets stabbed by another ghost face. Really well, too. Yes, like, yeah, like a, a, yeah, eviscerating. Like a big stab, <laughs> you know, a big <laughs> stab. Um, and of course, everybody around her is like oblivious. I think one person is like asleep next to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like nothing ever happens. Um, Ethan finally makes his way over there. He sees that she's been stabbed and he like starts calling for help. He, he drags her out of the train and asks for help and stuff. Um, yep. And he eventually, I guess, gets her to the hospital because she ends up in the hospital. Yes. Um, and then Ethan ends up going to, uh, well, I guess he goes to the hospital with her at this point, right? They don't really say what yep. happens anyway, but yeah, so he Correct. tells everybody else that she's in the hospital, but she's okay. Uh, and then they, anyway, they meet up with Kirby, they go into the shrine, they lock it down. Um, and now they're like preparing for stuff going on. Um, Sam gets a call from, uh, the cop dad, Quinn's cop dad saying that Kirby um, was fired from the FBI two months previous for being unstable. Um, yep. And she's been on a downward spiral since the last murders happened, which is the last murders in Scream 5. Um, since those right. last murders happened, she's been a downward spiral. She's been fired. You know, like, she's not an FBI agent. Like, she's the killer. You need to watch out for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, and they go in there and a ghost face pops up. Again, we're supposed to assume that this is Kirby. Um yeah, we'll just go with that for now. <laughs> so we're supposed, <laughs> we're supposed to assume that this is Kirby, um, and so they're being they're being chased around. Uh, eventually, you know, there's a scene where um, Tara and Chad are are like kissing again. Um, they he he gets attacked by a ghost face, and then another ghost face pops out. So the two ghost faces stab Chad a whole. They lot made of him times. a pincushion. Yeah, they stabbed him a whole lot. Oh, of times. also, also point out, the cute boy from across the hall wasn't allowed into here. Correct, because, because he wasn't trusted. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, so he was not allowed in. So he didn't come in. He he came to the front of the building, but they wouldn't let him in. Um. Yes. So yeah. So at this point in time, you know, the the cop guy says that he's on his way. Uh, they're all, you know. Chase getting chased around by Ghostface because again he kills or essentially stabs the shit out of Chad. So it's Sam and Tara running around. Um, at this point, we're kind of assuming that it's Kirby in the Ghostface, or at least one of them. We know there's two. We know at least one of them is supposed to be Kirby. Um, and then they're fighting. Cop Dad finally comes in. Um, also note that Sam did take Billy Loomis's knife. Correct. Yeah. From the yeah, so she has another Billy Loomis flashback, um, which yep. is actually Skeet Ulrich that comes in and does it. Um, there's another yeah, flashback where he tells her to take the knife, and he's like, yeah, good choice. And she yeah. takes the knife. Anyway. My personal favorite, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Cop Dad comes in. Um, he's like going to gonna shoot Ghostface, supposedly. 
um kirby pops out who's like all you know bloody like you know it's basically yeah. saying i've been knocked out <laughs> you know you know i'm not the the ghost face some one of them knocked me out um so they're going back and forth where cop dad is is kind of accusing kirby um and then kirby kind of you know convinces everybody that it's not her uh and right. then right at that moment cop dad shoots him. Well, um, Ghostface, the two Ghostface appear, and like they're going to go after the cop dad. He's going to shoot them, and then he shoots Kirby instead. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. So then, like the the two Ghostfaces are now like flanking cop dad, but obviously in league with him. Yep. Um. So yeah, at this point, again, they're confused. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> who the hell are these people supposed to be? They're going on and on about um you know, protecting their legacy and protecting their brother. Like they say, you killed our brother family, yeah, the family, but they're yeah. not saying who it is. And I'm like, okay, what the, f- <laughs> like, who are they supposed to be? And they're like, you're not getting it yet. Are you? I'm like, no, <laughs> I wanted to say <laughs> like, no, I'm not getting it. Who the fuck is he? Well, here, dumb, dumb. Right. Yeah. And then eventually they're like, well, fine. I guess I'll, to- I'll tell you. But anyway, so this is, um, Richie's family. This is Richie's yes. dad, Richie's brother, Richie's sister. And the, uh, Richie's brother being Ethan. Right. And the sister being the, Quinn. Okay, we are like, Aaron's like, we are like, we figures you, Ethan, all right? And then, dun, 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 Quinn's alive. Yeah, then Quinn so is like. positive and alive. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he's all like, yeah, I, I switched out the body real quick. I'm like, dude, I don't care who you are. There ain't no way in hell you're switching out a fucking body. You know, German Maloney, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, apparently, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, again, it was it, it wasn't enough time for them to actually get caught. I don't. He probably mm-hmm. would have got caught no matter what. But I don't. I think it was enough time for him to not get caught. Anyway, um. So yeah. So now yeah. it's Richie's family is trying to like avenge him, and this whole collection was Richie's collection, and apparently the dad helped him uh, build this collection. He had home movies, right? And he had scoring for stab, right? Yeah. That he had made himself, and like he was so into the franchise that he was like, you know, whatever. That's what he was so into this, and this was like the thing that his whole family shared, I guess. Um. So when he yep. was killed, now they want to like avenge him and also continue his legacy. So they want to frame Sam for all these killings, and in essence, kind of, you know insinuate that she did the earlier killings to kind of exonerate his name even though they know that he did the killings correct um, like we yeah. know him like we don't care we'll survive the you know whoever survives will tell the story right um <laughs> yep, so then there's back and forths <laughs> yeah yeah and again i think the the only thing that i thought was was funny in this was um tara gets straight up like running stabbed in the back i mean like we're talking like big stabbed i mean it's like the knife is all the way in like in her kidney yep and she just essentially walks away like it doesn't even affect her she can still climb ladders and fight back and stuff it doesn't even affect her Mm -hmm. at all um but it was that was a big stab anyway this fights back and forth um tara ends up killing ethan um Sam ends up killing Quinn um, and then ends up, or I guess I think Kirby eventually, oh no, Kirby eventually kills Ethan for the second time. Yes. Um, And then, yeah, they kill, finally kill cop dad. Correct. Now what was used to kill Quinn 
was the TV from Schumacher because yeah. it was pointed out by uh, Mindy earlier that it, you know, it's like this is what supposedly killed Schumacher. Right. Hinting that he's potentially alive. Well, I know. There's the whole thing of Matthew Lillard being in Scream yeah. 2. Yes. Maybe that'll be Scream 7. That's my guess. Honestly. <laughs> and Richie's mom. Well, how desperate is Matthew Lillard for work, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen him in anything for a while. I'm pretty sure he'll take it. Yeah. Um, here, here, would be, here would be so, a, a super cool twist. You ready? Billy yeah. Loomis isn't around anymore. So Stu Mocker is going to come back to help them mm. against whoever the new ghost face is. Maybe. That's what I think. But anyway, yeah, Cop Dad's dead. The Richie's family is dead. That we know of. I said right. still mom. Yeah, the mom. Um, okay, you know how like, cheesy that would be if the mom comes back in the next one? It's like, come on. No, they didn't scream too. Oh, well, okay. Scream 2 was a mom, <laughs> and then it's some completely <laughs> random dude. Yeah. But, like, this um, one is, like, the whole family, and now they're going to have the one lost member of the family. Yeah. And so they're getting out. They're all getting patched up, like, oh, we got a live one. He's only been stabbed 80 billion times. Right. Chad's still alive. He's the new dude. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so the, the core of four <laughs> survives because, yeah, Mindy leaves the hospital to come back. Uh, and so they all meet up again. And they're all fine. Again, they've been stabbed a whole lot. And then Sam drops her dad's ghost face at the final scene. Yep. All right. So I just want to point out core four exist, right? So they're still alive. Then we have Kirby. We still have Sydney. We still have Gale. We have Kincaid. That's eight. We have eight alive people that are legacy characters at this point in time. That's a lot for a franchise. Yeah. And they call it a franchise. They do. That's, I know. So. Alright, so what were your first thoughts? Obviously we saw this together. Let's get into your, your thoughts on this first. Um, <laughs> my first thought, okay, I spent a good chunk of this movie trying to figure out how old Jenna Ortega is supposed to be in this movie. Because, <laughs> again, like I said, in the first one, I, we figured out I did bad math. I didn't do it right. Um, I was thinking she was, like, 14 years old. And then, like, a year later, now she's in college. I'm like, uh, <laughs> why is a 15-year-old girl in college? And why is this dude, who's obviously, like, way older than her and like two feet taller than her, like now hitting. <laughs> uh, but that's another thing is that Jenna Ortega is tiny. She's like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think she's what she's, she says. She's like five foot one, five um, one. She feels like she's four and a half feet tall. Everyone in this movie towers over. her. I mean, we're talking at least a foot. Every co-star in this movie is at least a foot taller than her. It is yes. ridiculous. <laughs> like even her sister is like a foot taller than she is. Like put her in some heels or something. Like I feel bad for her. Um, yeah, but uh, she did a great job. I'm not saying that you know she didn't do a great job. She did. It was a fantastic job. Um, it was just <laughs> I spent a, a, an unhealthy <laughs> amount of time trying to figure out how old she was supposed to be. <laughs> um, but it was it was good. It was it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know I I thought it was going to be terrible because I mean the 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 fifth one was good. Um, but I could see it going in bad direction, right? 
uh and it, it yeah. was it was to be fair it was it was good i, I yeah my first impressions were um that it was good I, I think i felt like sam took a couple of acting lessons not enough i still <laughs> i still feel like she was she's definitely the weakest of the cast um mm-hmm. but this one wasn't wasn't as bad because like you had some people that were not great kind of offsetting that like quinn not that great ethan not that not great. That great. I mean, so again, we got some people that are not that great in this movie. So whereas in, in the fifth one, she was really like the only one that didn't do a great job. Everybody else was pretty stellar. And this one, there was a little half and half. So I think maybe it just seemed like she did better because there was some people that were not doing that great. Like cute boy across the hall. Uh, he was really given off those like abusive Mimbo. boyfriend vibes. I mean, like... <laughs> I don't know. I felt like like you needed to stay away from him. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're gonna get hurt if you stay with this guy. Like he just girl, does not you don't feel need no safe. man like that. <laughs> yeah, he does not feel safe. I did. I did not. I don't no. know what it was. Bad vibes off of that guy. I like. She was like, "Why do you have a ladder? Don't worry about it." <laughs> like she said that while she's crossed the well, yeah, ladder. It's like, it, you okay, you're crossing a ladder. Just shut up. Nobody cares. It's a ladder. <laughs> it's not that strange of a thing to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, it. My, my first thoughts were, yeah, this is. Am I, am I going to say it's better than the sequel of the first trilogy? No, I'm not. But it's really up there, though. It's pretty high up there on that list. Like I said, as we said before, Stream Three is going to be our lowest rated one. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I thought. I thought everything was good. Like, you're right. It, I was also trying to figure out who the killers were going to be and see who's there, who's not there. But now it just feels like they're just cutting stuff out so we don't see it, so we can't try to figure it out. Yeah, we watch I mean, enough of these. And that's to be fair. To, to do I, it. Right. Yeah. And again, I was, again, I do it every time. I tell myself, <laughs> don't do that, but I do it every time. Like, looking at how <laughs> physical and what the guy looks like in the ghost face outfit, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. tall physically imposing guy <laughs> right and it was like obviously like uh, ethan and quinn are like oh, ethan was a little taller but they're both skinny yeah um i don't see them being strong at all like cop dad okay i can see him yes. having like crazy dad strength i get that right but like the other two yep. i don't see them pulling that shit off and I'm there was like sure some crazy strength ass, stuff so. happening <laughs> what's that yeah I said, I'm pretty sure Dermot could kick my ass. So I'm, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> if you really wanted to, yes. Right. The other two, no. Yeah. But yeah, see, now I know, and now I know who Dermot Mulrooney is for a long time when I was younger. <laughs> um, I would always get Dermot Mulrooney and Dylan McDermott confused. Um, like, I know their faces. If I saw the face, I would be able to put them in what other movies they were in, but their names were like just interchangeable. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I could never remember what yeah. the actual name of each one was. <laughs> Because it's like that Dermot really threw me off. You know, like there's a Dermot in there. Mm-hmm. I know there's a Dermot in there, but I don't know which one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what were your highlights in this, though? Uh, my highlights in this, uh, like I said, I think I liked the, 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 the effects in this one. I think they were pretty consistent mm-hmm. with the one before this. Um, they weren't quite as gory, I think. There was a lot more... Like I felt like the, the the stabs were more brutal in this one. Um, they were like yeah. a lot of like hard stabs and then like twisting and then like like gutting to like you stab and then you're like 
pushing through the stab you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like that kind of thing like this had movie had a lot of those and a lot of like furiously fast stabbing <laughs> um i felt like this movie had a lot of those um that those were were cool oh you know what i just remembered something from four i know i'm going way back um the knife was so stupid shiny and four yeah that it bothered me <laughs> it was like mm. they covered it in chrome and it was like so freaking shiny. You could see it from space. It really bothered anyway, it, it bothered me. Um that's a, just a quick aside. Uh but no, this one I I I thought they did a great job with the effects. I really liked um the way that they did it. I liked I, I just thought it was was pleasant <laughs> overall. Again, like the acting was like half and half. Um mm-hmm. you know, I again it was a little bit easier to swallow than the first one because it was at least other people not doing quite as well. So Sam didn't quite seem so out of place. She still feels a bit out of place, but she did better in this one than she did in the other one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think Dermot was fantastic in this. I think he, he was kind of the star of this. So, I mean, that's definitely a highlight. Um, and they really made it feel like, crowded New York right because every every other time we've been really there I mean yeah they were in Hollywood and LA it didn't seem very crowded um well because they were on the movie set like the whole time I know but, I mean instead of being just in the middle of nowhere like you're in the city and that's the scary thing because let's face it murders happen in the city a lot and a lot of people don't notice them so I think that's very true to the city atmosphere Um, I um, also like that Kirby came back. I really yeah. like. I really like Kirby as a character. I'm glad that she came back. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't kill her. <laughs> That's a highlight. Yeah. What about low points for you, though? Uh, low points. I mean, they did a pretty good job in this one to not have some heavy low points. I think uh, this one really felt like kind of the pinnacle of, you know, it's just a plot device, whether you survive the stabbing or whether you're affected by the stabbing or not. <laughs> um, like this one is like, you know, like Annika gets stabbed, right? Like a bad yeah. stab and, and gutted. And she's like pretty much out. Um, and then like Tara gets full on like kidney stabbed from behind and she's fine. Like the next yeah. scene, she is climbing a ladder and it's like, there's barely a blood trickle coming out. I mean, it's, Again, it's just this bizarre plot device to where everybody gets stabbed all the time, but it only, it's like it, the story dictates whether you're actually going to be injured or not. Um, and I, yeah, I don't quite understand why the franchise does that. I mean, I, I get it. You, people have to be stabbed in this franchise. Like that's the whole thing. It's the whole shtick, but mm-hmm. like you have it mean something at least. Yeah. Uh, my little points. Number one, kill off some legacy characters. We have eight. That's too many. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> Gale should have died in this one. Yes. Um, and also, yeah, low point is Sydney is not even in the movie. They mention her name. Yeah, they casually mention her like twice, and that's it. And number two, how dare you do that to Samara Weaving? <laughs> well, it's always got to be a a pleasantly like popular person that dies in the first scene of the movie. That's how it always works. It's always like a semi-famous person and they always die first. 
But my problem with it is she is in her own right a scream queen, therefore should not be the opening victim. Well, that's the whole thing. They don't they want you to think about it. And then and then um the the whole idea that people were referencing, this has gone places that Scream has never gone before. I fundamentally disagree with that statement. <laughs> huh. They've been outside of Woodsboro half the time of the franchise. <laughs> they've been to a big-ass city. Um, and this really is just Scream 2. Again. I'm no. by Scream 2. It's not. I mean, it, 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 has ele- it definitely has elements that they stole from Scream 2. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, being like it's in college and the the public park scene, but I mean the rest yeah. of it isn't. Well, it's the parent of the previous murderers that was there too, and Billy's mom is Richie's dad. That was there. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, like as far as like the movie plot goes, yeah. There's, there's really so, not said, many they need to have, comparisons to be made outside of that. Yeah, someone from the core four needs to go. Uh, they really do. I, I again, I think they should have just killed Gail. But again, at this point, she's like the last. At in this movie, she's the last legacy character, right? Yep. Dewey's gone, and Sydney didn't sign on for this movie, so she's the only <laughs> one. So yeah, I get why they didn't kill her. I bet you in the original script she did die. Oh, guarantee. I bet you in the original script she did die, and when so when Sydney didn't sign on, when Nev Campbell said no, they were like, okay, Gail has to survive because if if she says no the next time, we need at least one legacy character. Yeah. So that I think that's why they didn't kill her. So if if Nev Campbell signs on for the next one, I think Courtney Cox is definitely gonna go. Right. Maybe right, both. So hell, maybe how both many steps? Yeah. And for this being a franchise, no one. There's not many. This there's never this many survivors in a franchise. That's correct. Um. So how many stabs out of ten would you give this movie? Um, I again, I'll I'll say it's pretty much the same as Scream Five. I will give it seven, seven stabs out seven? of ten. Yeah, I feel like it's it it maintains the quality and it. Like I said, it gives and takes a bit, but I think it maintains the same overall level. Okay, I agree with that. So that's why I'm still sticking with the seven point <laughs> five. Um, because like to me, it goes. One, two, four, five, six, three. Yeah, so According my, to my, your my scores, movie, it goes five, six, one, two. No, one, four, two, two three. three. <laughs> so yeah, five, six, one, four, two, three. Yeah, that's mine. Well, now that you've experienced all the screams that uh, you have been missing. Four of them. Do you do you feel better about this franchise? I know. Um, I do now. I didn't. I mean, I, I when I watched three, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be rough. Like, I, I again, I'm assuming they were just gonna get worse after three, because they normally mm-hmm. do. Once you hit a bad one, they usually just keep riding that bad wave. Um, but no, yeah. I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I mean, four, I wasn't that, you know, 
wowed with, but it was better. I mean, I'll give you four was better than three, um, but I oh, still yeah. didn't feel like it was going to go out on a high. I did not expect five and six to be as good as they were. Well, I also like that they put, made fun of Jason Takes Manhattan because that's arguably one of the worst Friday the 13th. Well, not only that, but he's like barely in Manhattan. <laughs> like he doesn't take anything. Barely in, he's barely in. Yeah, not he's in Manhattan for like five minutes. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's uh, like Jason takes a <laughs> boat on the way to Manhattan is what it should have been because <laughs> that's all that happens. And I, I will throw this out there too for a franchise that was able to make these movies a year apart. Other franchises that did that, the quality drip drops so hard. Yeah, we saw that in the eighties with all that stuff. And for this movie to be able to do it is a testament to, I think, to the franchise. Because we we generally don't get good franchises like this for like five to seven years between each movie. Right. That's fair. That are consistent with quality. Although, you know, arguably Alien dripped out. <laughs> dropped out a lot there. But. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, it's just inconsistent. Um, well, there's a new one being made. Hopefully that'll one will be better. We'll see. That's going to have to be part of our roundup for the year because, you know, you never know. We're not going to be able to fit this in with anything else. Um. Anyway, anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, then, why don't you join us next week as we venture into the woods? Whether the Hundred Acre Woods or some folktale, the woods have always been a source of danger throughout mankind history. Let's see if that holds true for the first round of Evil Woods, where we discuss Eden Lake, Dead End, and the ritual. So stay tuned for next week, and remember, we watch bad movies so you don't have to. And this has been Graveyard saying, have you checked on the children? Uh, This is Salem saying, long live the new flesh. Get in.